Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Shohei, he's got it down in the sense of the day-to-day. Um, I think that each day uh, he has a plan, um, and, and part of that is the rehab process. Um, part of it is today he's going to take a lot of batting practice, so to prepare himself for that. You know, as we start playing games, and at some point in time, he'll get into games. And- this is Dirt and Sprague. Blue Jays have never flown higher for the first time in program history. They've beaten number one. With Andy Dirt Johnson and Brendan Sprague. Normally, you're looking at the ACC champ, Big 12 champ, Big 10, SEC and a group of five conference champion as your five guaranteed spots. But there could very well be a year where that ACC champ has two or three losses and is ranked behind maybe an undefeated two lanes. Dirt and Sprague on 1080, The Fan. All right, 602 in the Rose City. Time for Dirt and Sprague on Portland's sports leader, 1080, The Fan. Happy hump day, everybody. How we doing? How we feeling? P. Harris in today. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, my friends. How are we, Swag? You a little live in there? Yeah, I'm good. All right. It's I'm nice good. to see you guys. How we feeling? Enjoyed some late night uh, West Coast Conference action. You are a sicko. You are a sicko. St. Mary's I... now owns the longest current winning streak in Division One men's basketball. I didn't stay late for WCC basketball, but I did watch that UConn uh Creighton game. UConn Creighton. That's the first upset of a number one uh, ranked team. Creighton. Yeah, I saw that. That uh, first time ever. Zero and six. Well, I mean, you know, it's kind of funny that we keep track of records for coaches coaching at Creighton, <laughs> as if Creighton should be upsetting number one Dude, teams. The Gonzaga, of the Midwest, baby. Uh, look, UConn's <laughs> great. I there's a lot of people that I would say I trust in college basketball that are telling you they're almost leaning UConn on the bet versus the field. Yep. Oh, you bet this team or the field. And yeah, it's February, but there's there's a lot of smart people that cover college basketball that think it's UConn's gonna do what Florida did. And for Creighton to pull the upset last night, not just win, win pretty convincingly. Smacked them around. Yeah, that that's gotta be a great feeling. Yeah, it's gotta be excellent. I mean, to your point, uh I remember last year, what was UConn last year? A four seed when they won it? Four or five. Four or I five. Think. They kind of yeah. got hot, kind of did the classic tourney thing and got hot and won it all. This team's better. And if you got to get hot and win it all and you come back the next year and you're better, I mean, it's kind of easy to, easy to read there. You know what's funny is uh, thinking about the unique emotions tied, like specific emotion tied 
to experiencing something like that. Like, if you're a Creighton fan, you had a feeling that 99% of the world has never felt before. Yep. You've beaten the number one team in the country, the defending champions. It's the first time you've ever beaten a number one ranked team. You're storming the court. You're storming the court. You're partying all night. You really are. That it's 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 um I saw a thing when the KC stuff happened at the parade. I saw a Fox uh FS1 guy say I, I thought he made a really good point because he was talking about how his feelings were and how it all played out. And he said there was a point where he looked around, there are about a million people at that parade. Mm-hmm. And he said, this is probably the happiest place on the entire earth right now. Sure, sure. At this very moment. Sure, sports are very emotional. You're very tied to your team, your team's won. You've skipped school. You've skipped work. You're at a championship Mm -hmm. parade. I went to the Timbers parade. It was awesome. Were you? Yeah, and uh, what's that, 2015? Yeah. Yeah, I went went downtown on Broadway and watched the... Trolley the, the bus truck, yeah. And Valeri's holding the cup. It was awesome. Um, but I thought that was a good point because I went to Disneyland last June, and yeah, Disneyland is fun. I'm going in July. There you go. But uh, you're gonna have a lot of moments where you're not so happy because <laughs> Mickey's charging you eighty eight dollars for a light up pair of ears, and so parents won't be happy, but kids will. That was universal happiness at that parade before the ugliness happened, and I think yesterday Creighton fan experienced an emotion that almost nobody in the world gets to experience. How often do you think, how often do you think, or maybe that's not the question I'm asking, is the saddest place in the world if Creighton were to lose that game? No. Because I've been on the other side of that. No, it's not the saddest place in the world. Well, I guess that's true. I mean, there's there's a lot more sad place. But in sports, you go to Gaza right now, and there's much (laughs) more sadness going on. That is true. But in sports, if you've got the number one team up against up against their heels, and you've got a chance, and you blow it, yeah. In sports, is that oh, it's brutal. It's it's the biggest heartbreak. Which is it's funny you say that because it can't be the saddest emotion in the world if you lose, right? But yet it is possible that it's the happiest emotion in the world. When you actually win the game, yeah, I remember. Uh, I remember what is this? Two thousand eight, I think. Uh, Wazoo's eighth ranked in the nation. UCLA comes to town, two in the nation. They got some rookie, some freshmen named Westbrook and Love. Oh yeah, and, yeah, uh, that's point right. Guard named Collison. They were pretty good. Yeah, a flaw- was that Flalo <clears throat> on that Flalo team? Had just left. Okay, so it's was the, the next year before. Year. Okay. So it's the next year, and we had them. Those are back to back Final Four teams, mm-hmm. weren't they? UCLA, mm-hmm. and we had them. Had them. Yeah, and we lost by two. Yeah. And that was absolutely gut-wrenching. I'm like second row, and we were like, we're tourney-bound, we look real good, we feel real good, we've got a Final Four team at home against the ropes, boom, you lose. Yeah. And you just walk out, and I mean, I don't even know if we partied. We might have just gone home. Part of me, like, when that happens, when you lose like that, you walk out and you say, well, that's, that's probably why they're the best, right? That's why they were in the Final Four a year ago, and we haven't been in the Final Four. Yeah, yeah, like if you're a Niner fan, like. Yes. Yep. I am. Whoops. Yeah, it's yeah, tough. It You're sucks. the best team in football, but they have mm-hmm. the best players, so mm-hmm. they win. Yep. Um, I had that feeling, though, in 08. Thursday night, college football game, September. Here comes USC into Reeser Stadium. <laughs> Pulled the upset. Yeah, yeah, big. And in that That's stadium. That's Mark, right? That's Mark Sanchez, USC? Yeah, that was Mark Sanchez, yeah. USC. He threw his helmet at the end of the game in the tunnel. If you look around on that field, you just see... The happiest people in the world. Elation. Yes. Because you've done, 
beating the number one team, even though it's not the tourney, even though it's not the national championship, beating the number one team. I mean, Swag, I would imagine if the Pilots had Gonzaga at home, even in a year where Gonzaga is not traditionally Gonzaga. You have no idea. Yeah, exactly. You beat you beat Gonzaga. Swag's probably on the floor like that. He's not in today. He's gonna be like that skinny fat camp counselor in heavyweights <laughs> who's letting it loose and he's whipping cream and he's whipping his shirt like that's probably the play by play guy of yeah. the team. Yeah, if they could beat Gonzaga. Yeah. So it's a uniquely awesome was, feeling in sports that you can get from. Stuff I was like that. at Mac Court, the and it was a Saturday or Sunday afternoon. When they knocked off number one Arizona, it was like a week or two before the NCAA tournament got going. Do you remember what year it was? Oh boy, are we talking like early nineties, mid nineties? Like no, I was covering it. I was covering it for the station. So gotcha. I don't know, oh five, oh six, somewhere in there. Yeah, Uh, but old Matt Court, Mm -hmm. and just I thought the place was coming down. You know what? It's it's funny. Place might have been coming down. I, I thought it was literally going to come <laughs> yes, down that day. That place could have like, come down. Oh, this place can't handle this. <laughs> I, I want to say it was year one or two for Tinkle. I'm trying to remember. It wasn't a very good team. He had some of the Craig Robinson leftovers, and then he had his kids who were like I freshmen. About Craig Robinson. Yeah, Craig Robinson, Barack Obama's brother-in-law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it wasn't a very good Oregon State team. And Arizona, coincidentally... When Arizona comes from the conference that is now dead, when it mm-hmm. when they come to your building, that's a school you get up for. Yeah. And that Arizona team was far and away more talented than our Oregon sure. State team by a, a mile. And I'll never forget, me and Crawford, me and Alex Crawford, former employee of the fan, he went to Oregon State. We went together. Uh, we went to that game. We went as fans, and they pulled the upset <laughs> off. We couldn't believe it. We were like, we were beside ourselves. Right? We just wanted to go to a game, right. check out Arizona, <laughs> And you go into the, the arena, and that night, for whatever reason, they muster up the right stuff to do it, and they pull the upset off. I mean, when you talk to people, you know, there's there's a lot of people out there that think economically and socially we value sports too much. And I understand that argument and blah, blah, blah. It's a silly little game. It's a silly little game to buy T-shirts and hats and eat, sleep, and breathe and throw parties about. But that's why it's as big as it is, because it gives you those moments when you least expect them. Yeah. If if Creighton is two and UConn is one and you beat UConn by two or a buzzer beater, yeah, you're jacked. But it's different if you're 16, 15 and they're one yeah. and you've never done it before. And then you wax the, you wax them in that game. Especially after what UConn did to Marquette, not to get like nerdy out, but yeah. swag, I know you're in. Like UConn embarrassed Marquette. Yeah. And Marquette is a very, that's a very good team. Good team. Yep. Before that game, Marquette was kind of my... I don't know, not my dark horse because they're very, very good, but a team I very much liked in the tournament. And after you watch that game, you're like, uh, I don't know about this anymore. <laughs> and then Creighton waxes UConn. You're like, now I really don't know what the hell to do. Yeah. Welcome that's to why we do this. Basketball. Yeah, that's why we do this. Sadly, though, it's uh, it's all changing, and pretty soon none of it will matter because they'll have a 96-team tournament, and we'll go, cool upset, Creighton. No matter what happens, all of you guys are in. Yeah, it'll be like, Wazoo won four games for the first time ever, and now they're in the round of 32. Ooh, yikes. I still think CBS might. What? you got to convince your TV partner that that's going to be better programming. And You don't think CBS wants more tourney games? I don't know that they do. and It depends on how much more money they want out of CBS for that. But to go to 96, but your top... That is so. The stupid. playing games it's, can't get great ratings. 
And that would be your best no, example. That's why no, they're on True TV yeah, yeah. and they're not on CBS. So to Swag's point, if those games, if those are standalone games, yeah. extra games, and yeah. those do terrible, why would a whole nother round or two do? Because better? here's the here's the and your top thing. eight <clears throat> seeds in each bracket are, are getting buys. buys. Yeah. This is this is from nine to twenty four in each bracket. So you know that Thursday Friday of the opening of the tournament. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this some is, of the best days in sports. Yeah, I I, I still ma- I'll make the claim. It's the best two days of the tournament. Yeah, and I would say it's this, better than the Final Four. It's better than the Elite Eight. It's, I would say Thursday Friday Saturday Sunday are the four best days in sports. Well, so that feeling of Thursday, Friday, for example, if you're expanding, maybe it's not 96, maybe it's, uh, I don't know, 78 or whatever, whatever the hell the it is. is. Yeah. What if they just go to CBS and Turner and all them and say, hey, you know that feeling on Thursday, Friday? What if we do that two times in a row? What if we do it this week and then the next week would be the traditional start, but it's actually the second week, Thursday, Friday, back to back? Yeah, you could see them maybe like, quadruple the amount of play-in games mm-hmm. like seeds one through seven get a buy and then or, i don't like or it. one through nine get a buy I, we no. need to do away with 68 through 16 no, we had 64 64 is as good as i'm very happy with how things are now i would like to I, I think cbs likes it just the way it is but see, I hate the 68. You say you like it just the way it is. Oh, I hate the 68, Because the play-in doesn't feel real. Like, all of these Cinderella stories, mid-majors, or even programs that are in power conferences that are 11 seeds, I it just does, it does, it doesn't feel like you're really in the tournament. See, I'm, And I think technically you can say you were. Right. But you weren't because nobody picks those games on their brackets. I'm more okay when the 11s, when the 11s play and it's like... Texas A&M versus Arizona State. I'm cool with that. Uh, I don't see. I hate that. It's the 16 versus 16 of the small teams that won their conference championship. That's what it should be, though. That's the garbage game. That's that's, absolutely garbage. But why would you make 11s play to be 11? Those are the last at-large teams. I'd rather it be more of those. I'm more Mm -hmm. likely to watch those games. Me too. If you got the automatic bid from your conference, from your teeny tiny little conference, then damn it, you should have the chance to go at a number one seed. Well, Don't what what about me... the years where Holy Cross won like four games and they somehow won their conference tournament? Well, then they'll get waxed by the one seed. That's okay. But if you win the automatic berth from your conference, however your conference wants to dole it out, you should have your crack at the one seed. Mm. That's the piece that I think those having those 16 seeds play and the get denied and for those conferences, I think they would rather, oh, yay, we get an actual, they'd rather get their shot at the one seed sure. and, and have their moment. And yeah, UMBC style. Scare yeah. the Give crap out of them, maybe. And The one time has happened. <clears throat> Give twice. it a shot. It, it's happened. Twice. Yeah, didn't it happen? Oh, yeah. Virginia got beat. Yeah, and Purdue? Purdue last year. <laughs> Purdue lost as a one seed to a 16? Yeah, with Zach Eady. Well, I mean, I w- nobody's going to pick them this year. You just don't trust no. Purdue. Every time they're a two seed, they get I beat. I forgot they lost as a one seed. Yeah. yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah, Purdue, yeah. I, mean, I don't I, know why I kind of hate I love Purdue. Matt Painter. I love Matt Painter. I think he's a great coach. Uh, well, he's I, clearly a great coach, but, but he's got some problem. Don't get him in the tournament. Yeah, what's that about? I've, is I've, that a coaching problem? It has to be. It has to be. Like, Mark Few for Gonzaga is a great example. I have watched Mark Few in a Final Four and a National Championship, and I love him. Born in, born in Spokane. Born and raised a GU fan. If they're not playing the Cougs, they're who I root for. I love Mark Few. 
I've seen him in back-to-back, a Final Four and a National Championship. <clears throat> Two Final Fours and a natty. Get out coached by Coach K, Roy Williams, and uh, uh, who's the dude at Baylor? Uh, Drew Scott. Scott Drew. Yeah, Scott Drew. Scott Drew. Absolutely, uh, circles ran around him because he got to that moment and didn't know what I, to do. He, okay, I mean, I know two of those are legends. Two of those are like but top I mean, ten coaches but of I'm, all but time. But I'm talking twenty point losses. The Baylor game was bad, but that I mean, that Baylor team was unbeatable. Understood. Everybody knew Baylor was going to win that. Understood. Game. But twenty point losses three times yeah. is it, that's a coaching problem. I, and I think Painter's in the tournament is a coaching problem. Yeah, but Fuse at least been there. Fair. He, if pa- Fair. Painter can't win like out of the first two <laughs> I, games, Painter can't win. Totally yeah. agree. Totally How dare agree. you forget Fairly Dickinson? That's right. God, I totally... It, is it crazy to forget? Can I tell you something else I no, forgot No, that's quick? college basketball's yeah. problem. Okay, can I tell you one more sports thing I had kind of forgotten, but I didn't want to admit out loud until Ooh. right now? I'll, trust Circle, I'll, I'll admit. A little bit. I had kind of mentally forgot Dame won the three-point contest last year. Oh, when they were sure. like, he's defending his crown, I was like, yeah. And I was like, what the hell last year? I don't even remember who he beat. Do I don't even remember, remember him playing last year. Do you remember who he beat in three-point contest? No, but I... I don't know who do he beat remember, this year. <laughs> did you remember that he won it? I did know that. I did know no, that... not that you knew. Did you remember? Had nobody said anything on TV or put uh, it on the news before the contest... Would you have been? Rem- would you have remembered if I said who won the three point contest last year? Swag, probably not. That's but crazy. It had been from what I've been watching or reading or got. It had just it had gotten Came back into to you. me, so I didn't see the All Star game's been dead for longer than a year, guys. It's been going <laughs> it's been on dead for, for a long time, decades. Exactly. Uh, all right. Well, we got a loaded show today. We have two guests. Seven thirty. Max Chadwick of Pro Football Focus covers college football. He's going to hop on. There's obviously a lot to talk about in the world of college football. And at 8, Steve Pfeiffer of 1250 uh, Sports Radio in Milwaukee will join us. We'll get his thoughts on the Dame Lillard second-half push with our East Coast team, the Milwaukee Bucks. So he'll join us coming up at 8. We got Statter Story at 8.15, NFL Zigger Zag at 6.45, Dirt and Sprague, loaded show. Let's get it going on 1080 The Fan. All right, welcome back in. Dirt and Sprague with you. P. Harris hanging out with uh, myself and Swag. We're on uh, YouTube.com backslash 1080 The Fan. We have a ticket giveaway, and I have, dare I say out loud, I have two baseball segments for you guys. Oh, <laughs> baby. I'm so excited. Tomorrow, Are our you? spring training game. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, I looked at that schedule, and I knew that that was happening, and I knew P. Harris was hanging out today. <laughs> so nice Sonia Doris hat, by the way. Thank, Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Thank you. I love that Sonia Doris hat. I bought it the last time I saw you at the game. There we go. All right. That... Uh, the bill of your hat is dirty. I know. It's, well, it's because uh, it's, it's a bright color and all stained. My, my, you know, and I yeah, and nasty children. hands. Yeah, yeah. I gotta wash my hands. Yeah, after blame the children. That's a good yeah. move. Uh, you disgusting <laughs> sloth. <laughs> I want to start in college football. Um, it broke at the end of our show, because of, of course it did. Yeah, that's it's a nine oh one special. Breaks. That's yeah. Hey, how about that? Who would have known? Anyways, the story broke. The um, the college football powers that be, they voted to adopt the 5-plus-7 format. Mm-hmm. So the five highest-ranked conference winners, uh, obviously that fifth one's going to be a question mark, but this year it would have been Liberty, for example. And then it's seven highest-ranked at large. Mm-hmm. Now, I know many in the Oregon State, Washington State world. We live in that world. Yes. Uh, this is the best hope. That they think they have of making a playoff. Yep. 
I would say, have you been watching and following <laughs> the sport for three years? This doesn't seem very likely. Uh, I don't believe Washington State, Oregon State can finish with a sub undefeated season and make this. I think even an 11 and one season, you would be at the threshold and they <clears> will <throat> consider like a Penn State before they'll give you that nod because of the Mountain State West lost stuff. to Oregon, yeah. Michigan, and Ohio well, State. Penn State's <clears> thing <throat> is routinely never winning sure. their important games, but taking care of the Patsies. Anyways, in this, uh, Ross Dellinger wrote at Yahoo, and Yahoo, by the way, has got probably all of the, the best pieces on this topic. There's three different ones. Ross Dellinger wrote, The Pac-12 is seeking to be considered a power league with P5 voting rights and revenue distribution for years beyond the 2025 season, which is when the new deal will kick in, and that's the final year of the CFP's contract with ESPN. He, uh, he adds to it, it's unclear if a decision has been made on the proposal, but Kirk Schultz, the president of Washington State, did not block this format change. He did prior. He voted and agreed to make the 5 plus 7 format, and today he will be pitching what Washington State and Oregon State and the Pac-2 are hoping to get, which is obviously, as Ross Dellinger cites, uh, considered a power league, power five voting rights, and revenue distribution. I put a poll question on this, and I'm simply asking you guys, do you believe they will get it, or will they get left behind again? I mean, as much as I want to say I think this is the right move by Schultz, I think this is the best chance you have. Um, I agree with you in the sense that it's going to take an 11-1 and season to have a sniff at it, but seven spots is better than six spots. I mean, it just gives you one extra chance of a hope, so I'm okay with that. No, I, I don't think so. I think I don't think the Pac-12 ever becomes a power. Mm. I think, if anything, it becomes the most dominant group of five, and its champion might get in as that group of five, but that's kind of it. Unless the ACC completely crumbles and they can grab a lot of those high-powered teams and not lose them all to the other conferences, I don't see how absorbing Mountain West and some stragglers getting Cal and Stanford back get you get you into that. I mean, the best I think the best bet is you build that power conference as best you can so you can eventually leave and go somewhere else or be part of the big picture when conferences go away. Swag, do you think Oregon State and Washington State are going to get this, or are you in my camp? And I, it's it's a bummer, Brandon, take, but I've been following this now for three years. And... Well, I don't know. Well, the only thing was, and this is what I don't know when the, when the new extension kicks in after two years, the whole reason they had this was because you had to, ha it had to be a unanimous vote. Mm -hmm. So... As long as it has to be unanimous and and Oregon State and Washington State still have a seat at the table, then yeah, they might be able to pull this off in the short term. There's goodwill there. Well, wait, wait, there wait, is goodwill on, there about voting yes. What do you mean the sh the short term is 2025? This is done, so they'll get two seasons. No, I seasons understand that, but um, I'm talking about beyond 2025. Yeah, but they got to vote on it before then. So as long as it stays in place for these two years and they got to vote on the big future picture and it has to be unanimous, whatever everybody else wants to do, they still need them. But Wednesday, today is the day that they're going to vote on Schultz's pr proposal and there's not a, a lot of positive momentum that people want that. 
It's tough to tell. I don't think it is. Have we been watching the same sport? What have you seen? I've seen destruction, death of a conference, but this, but this future betrayal. Of... I've seen it all. Like what? What do you mean? This is hard. I don't get what's hard to. But the read. future future of Pac two. This might all be nothing because in two years we might not even have conferences. Oh, you we'll have conferences. Yeah, I'm just. We'll I guess I'm just waiting for football and all of the other sports now. And you hear it more from Division One basketball is just let football go do its own thing and the NCAA and everybody else, let's get back to, you know, just running our stuff. Go let football be itself outside the specter of NCAA. But they're not going to decide that today. Yeah, but in two years, I could see it happening. Totally. Do you think Oregon State, Washington State are right back in this thing? I think if, if in, it goes, goes and does its own thing, completely yeah. restructured college football scenario, yeah, they're back in in some fashion. I'm 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 a little surprised by both of you on this, given what we've just watched in the last year and a half. Well, it's I think it's because I understand your surprise. I I totally get it. And you guys I, both watch those schools we, get yep, ditched. Totally, totally left but, at the altar. But I think we're also not being married to the absolute present that the change is coming this is just the beginning and when the big change comes there are going to be a lot more people than just oregon state washington state left out of the picture and i think oregon state and washington state at that opportunity at that point have a better chance to get in okay let's talk about that future we got nfl ziggers at at 645 we'll talk about that picture that you paint right there because that's another interesting wrinkle of this given what we have heard in the last month or so in the world of college football. We'll get to that next. All right, we got NFL zigger zag. We got NBA beef happening. There's beef all over. I love NBA beef. It's Do you? so serious, dude. It is. Hold me back, bros. Dude, I mean, one of my all-time favorite movies is Mean Girls. And the NBA tries to be it's better than that movie. It's one of your all-time favorite every time. movies? Oh, dude, that movie is absolutely hysterical. It's a good movie. One of your all-time favorites. I think it is so well-written. I love the characters. It hits. Yeah. It's great. So fetch like I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't grow up. I like in school, I didn't have the Regina George, so I didn't. It's not like I'm harking back to something I grew up on. Okay, but it's insanely believable, and I think Tina Fey wrote an amazing script. I didn't know Tina Fey wrote the movie. Mm-hmm. No offense, and Tina I just Fey. think there's little things in it, like Tim Meadows when halfway through the movie he just has a cast, has a on, cast his hand, on his and hand, and you don't yeah. know why. <laughs> I mean, that makes me laugh. Like you had a principal or a teacher who all of a sudden showed up in a cast and you were like oh yeah and you kind of forget that it's like those little details in that movie i think were great very uncomfortable gym teacher parts though um (laughs) very uncomfortable we'll get to 10 second rick rick patino back in the news again i meant to get to that yesterday didn't slick rick slick rick is back and uh he's not very happy we got statter story to get to and we've got two guests in a loaded second hour with some nfl stuff as well uh, we're talking about the 5 plus 7 model. Ross Dellinger of Yahoo Sports uh, writing that Washington State did vote on agreement with the 5 plus 7 format. In exchange, he's hoping to sway the powers that be of what Oregon State, Washington State are looking to get out of this. That's remain relevant as a conference. That's get distribution <clears throat> and have voting rights. <clears throat> but we also know that the Big Ten and SEC have partnered together on the side of this thing. And we left basically with me 
jaw dropped a little bit because both Swag and P. Harris. You think we're stupid. I don't think, no, I don't think, I wouldn't say stupid. You guys I mean sound very, you sound optimistic. You <laughs> sound like, hey, the, 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 the landscape of this thing may change in such a big deal, in a big way that in just two years, year and a half, they're back at the seat of the table. And I appreciate that and I like it. I've also followed this for over a year and a half. Two years now. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm just I'm a I'm a little surprised you guys have that kind of optimism. Well, I think we were kind of talking about this off uh, during the break that I think when things evolve into whatever the future looks like, I think there is some goodwill that goes there. Not everything, because you could totally turn your back on it. But I think if everything does shift away to like what Swag is saying about leaving the NCAA and doing your own thing. Washington State and Oregon State have more to say on the landscape than a Vanderbilt, a Rutgers, et cetera, all those teams we like to make fun of at the bottom of those other conferences, that new conferences may happen and maybe more like divisions than conferences if this thing goes away. And if there is an invite into whatever this new big picture thing is, I think Oregon State and Washington State get an invite because of what they're doing now. They're playing fair. They're saying, look, we got screwed. We know we got screwed. You're trying to screw us. This is their best chance. This is the only chance. Oh, this is it. Yeah, this I is don't it. disagree with that. So yeah. I I think that by them saying, acknowledging, yep, we got hosed, you're in control, but please let us sit at the table, I think goes a lot, lot, lot further than you're letting it. I think the hard part is, though, that that table is a two-person table, and Un- they're looking at that 16 16- you know, person table going, Understood. wait, you want to go from the kids' table to the adult table again? But I think there are two people that sit at the heads of a larger table, almost mafia style, you know, that they sit at the heads. Like, when I have, when my father-in-law comes over- Are you talking over, about Sankey and Petiti, the Big Ten and SEC yeah, commissioners? when my father-in-law comes over to my house and has dinner, I sit at one head of the table, he sits at the other end. Respect. Oh, really? Yeah, dude, respect. That's I demote my father-in-law. my father-in-law to the kids' table. <laughs> hey, <laughs> old man, this is my house. And I think at that table- <laughs> I'm dad now. <laughs> at that table of what's probably a six-chair table- Sure. Is those two on the ends, and there's two other seats in the middle, and they represent- collection of others I just, and I think at some point there will be someone at that table that represents Oregon State and Washington State so whether it's them or them with somebody else I think two massive things dealing here for Oregon State Washington State and, and where their place is at this table the Florida State ACC situation is ugly mm-hmm. it's bound for divorce yeah they're gonna get out of it though uh we'll see there there's a lawsuit pending and they're going after the ACC if they can get out I think none of us will be surprised when North Carolina, Clemson, and NC State, or Miami, or whoever it is, and Duke will have the UCLA follow the UCLA route. Duke will follow because of basketball. Well, I think just like UCLA, did. I think you're gonna have a handful of schools yeah. that are going to follow them, and then the ACC, it's exploded. Right, right. the implosion happens. The Big 12 seems pretty stable-ish. They got their TV contract. They seem happy with what they have. Your mark is a good commissioner. They just added some te- Arizona men's mm-hmm. basketball, That's Arizona huge. football, Utah. Like They've added some good programs in yeah. that situation. Colorado, women's basketball is really good. So they've added some stuff, and they want to be a basketball powerhouse as well. They, they, they value that. They're going to be. They, they are. Yeah. yeah, oh yeah. I can't um, wait for that. So I think those are in your favor. I think the only part that would get me to where you guys are it, it, I I don't know if I could stress enough how important it is, I think, personally, 
for their future in this conversation, you need Oregon State. And I don't mean any disrespect to your Cougs. They're Doesn't just not. It. And you and many yesterday on the text line was also quick to tell me Oregon State's not here either. And that's okay too. But I think you need one of those schools to make the playoff. You need sure. them to be the 12 seed. You need them to get in just to be in the picture. Even if you get smoked by Ole Miss. I don't give a crap. Yep. Like yep. You have to make the playoff. If you make the playoff in these first two years, there's going to be more noise and more backing. And that doesn't mean they won't get left, but I think it makes it even more difficult to do that. So the ACC blowing up and making a playoff sometime next year or the year after, I think both of those things happening would do them both a massive service I also, again, we've been following this all together, and I have no evidence that the two teams and programs left behind are going to be let back in. I think one thing we're, we could be missing here, too, is I think that Oregon State and Washington State both put, both rely and invest more in their football teams than a lot of other teams that are in these Power Four conferences. So when the ACC does blow up, which it's going to. It's inevitable. We've already seen it happen once. That means it can happen again. When that blows up and everything really starts to talk about a brand new look to college football, Washington State and Oregon State are going to be able to go to that table and say, we spend more money, we care more, that's why we should be in. And I think that will help them because it will probably push out teams like Vanderbilt that care more about basketball, care more about baseball, care more about other sports than football. They don't rely on it. Kentucky doesn't rely on football. Yeah, they're good from time to time, but they don't rely on it. Oh, I Wazoo, think they do. I think they do now. Well, they do when now you, because when you become good, I, you they start do now to. because they know they have to. Well, Stoops and, is a good coach, and that's what's going to happen. Is you're going to have to see can you know can Duke invest into their football? Can Vanderbilt invest into their football? Because if they don't, they're going to be the ones left behind. Because when the when the table expands. Vanderbilt's only, not going to get left. They're only going to want They'll people. Ne- SEC will never get rid of Vanderbilt. Just they need example. the academic standards. I know. Just an example. But they are going to look at the teams that are actually investing. And I think Oregon State and Washington State will be investing. I, I, Yeah. I mean, you might be right on just that. Just look from dollars. I just, I, I don't know if they invest enough at the level that some of those better programs do. The other thing I'd say on this swag, do you see a world where this just goes to how a lot of us think it's going to be, SEC Big Ten playoff, everybody else that's not in those conferences, you're in your own like version of this. It, it, it's a weird world to live in that way, but I'm also not going to be shocked if that's where this is in blank amount of years. No, I think if they scrap, if football scraps the conference model and goes to something bigger, they'll want it to be as evenly distributed across yep. the country geography-wise as possible. Divisions. Well, they kind of already are, though. What pocket are they not in? Not if in? the Big Ten gets Florida State. Like, that, that, like that my moves question, it. And, and I've already got the before. West Coast. Like, if the ACC blows up, I mean, the, the, the Big Ten and the SEC are already at 18 teams. How many more teams but, can you have to realistically have a conference? Well, when you're Tony when you're Tony Petiti and you say you want 16 so you can get seven teams in from your conference. I'm not talking about the playoff. I'm talking about the conference itself. In order to have a conference and have it yep. be significant and meaningful, they're already over. They should dump like the bottom four, but you can't, I don't think they can add any more and then have any meaning to the conference. 
Oh, I think conference meeting is dead and gone. You think that's still a thing? But a conference championship gets you in. It gets you in, so it has to have something. Yeah, but if you division, if you division it out, the Big Ten is in the West, the East Coast. They're the getting West rid Coast, of divisions the so that they but can make ex- sure and get their top two teams in. Yeah, but when you expand, you have to create divisions for travel purposes, and eventually you just create it because you have too many teams. You can't just have a conference. That's what they're doing now with 18. Right. But they, if they expand, I'm saying if you keep expanding this way, you have to kind of go back to doing divisions. It's the only way it makes it make Which sense. Which is why I think the conference model will fall apart and they'll, and they'll come all up be with something one. else. They'll all be one. I and, and your hope and both your hopes on Oregon State, Washington State being invited in that, I truly appreciate it. Yeah, I just when don't the, share it. When the conferences fall and the two heads of the mafia sit at the table, they get to send out their invites. And there and are I, teams that are not going to get invites because they don't need academic standards. They don't need any of that stuff anymore. They just send out and they say, okay, we got a 30-32 team league, and we choose you, 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 you. And I think Oregon State and Wazoo have a shot at both of those. I think they just told you they whacked them, and they want nothing <laughs> to do with them. NFL Zigger Zag is next on The Fan. All right, we'll get to some NFL stuff live on YouTube. Odyssey app, 1080 The Fan, AM, 99.5 HD2. We have a uh, loaded second hour of the show. Max Chadwick of PFF is going to join us. He covers college football. He is ranked wide receiver duos, and he's quite fond of the duo in uh, Eugene this year. So we'll talk with him. We'll talk to him about this 5 plus 7 format as well. Uh, But it's time for NFL Zig or Zag. All right, let's start. We'll go to New England. The Patriots have a new coach, new regime. Correct. It's the Gerard Mayo Show in New England, and they're on the clock with the number three pick. Many are debating between Drake May and Jane Daniels. Which one's better? Lewis Riddick says it's Jane Daniels. Joe Klatt says it's Drake May. But as many have also pointed out in draft and mock draft you know, write-ups, they have tons of holes all over that roster. Bill <clears throat> Belichick didn't leave it in a good spot. No. It's a complete rebuild. No, complete rebuild there. In, in all facets. Like, who's the best player on the team? Uh, exactly. Point proven. Is Matthew Judon still on the team? Is Gerard Mayo the best player on that team? <laughs> Lace him up. <laughs> so, zig or zag, the Patriots would be better off trading out of the number three pick and acquiring more assets and not addressing the quarterback in this draft. My friend, I'm going to zag on that. <clears throat> As in, I believe... This is the draft that they start with a quarterback. You have teams in the NFL, mediocre teams, bad teams, clearly get better once you have a quarterback. You might not be going to the playoffs, but a quarterback can push you in that right direction better than bailing on it because it's not like they're in a Justin Fields situation, right? Justin Fields can play. Is he great? Nobody really knows, but he can play. Mac Jones, Jones can play. Cannot play. Mac Jones went to a playoff game. Bailey's, Justin Fields hasn't. Bailey Zappi can't play. Like these Hold are on. not guys you're going to go into. We the watched season. Mac Jones get to a playoff. I game. understand. I watched the New England Patriots with Mac Jones a quarterback go to a playoff game. Mac Jones was not the reason they went to a playoff game. But Justin Fields can play. Okay, yeah, maybe you don't like that example, but I think Justin Fields, <laughs> if if I have Justin Fields on my team that I'm not completely sold on and I have the third pick, yeah, then I might trade down and try to bolster that roster and then see if I've got something from Fields. But in this case with Mac Jones, sounds like he's a cancer in the clubhouse. Oh, he's gone. That's yeah, what I, I mean. I'd like He's gone. Bailey Zappi's garbage. Yeah. Get yourself a quarterback. Grab Drake May. Um... 
So you're zigging? I'm zagging. Okay. I'm out. All right. A lot of holes on that roster. Understood. You might have a Justin Fields situation 2.0. Understood, but I'd rather have a little bit of potholes than a sinkhole. Uh, former NFL GM Mike Tannenbaum went on ESPN and said the Kansas City Chiefs, in an effort to improve at wide receiver, should look to trade cornerback Trent McDuffie for wide receiver Jalen Waddell out of Miami. Ooh. Zigger zag, that would be a massive mistake. Um... I will zag on it being a massive mistake. I wouldn't do it, but I don't know if it's massive. Jalen Waddle, you put a you put a threat like that. We've seen what Mahomes does with an actual threat, and I think Waddle would would flourish in Kansas City. However, I don't think you need to do it because you just won a Super Bowl without Jalen Waddle, without no name guys, with dudes that Mahomes made great. I don't think it's a massive mistake, but I wouldn't do it. I think it's a massive mistake. I I couldn't believe he said this out loud, and it makes me question him. <laughs> And the fact that he ran a team, Trent McDuffie is one of the best value players in football at that position. By the way, a position that when you go through the mocks of teams and roster needs, cornerback is near the top for almost every mediocre to legit team. It's a need. Kansas City just won the Super Bowl without having a Jalen Waddle. Yeah. And oh, by the way, I like Jalen Waddle. I think he's a number two at best. And I also don't think he can stay healthy very often. So I couldn't believe he said this. Well, I would take Trent McDuffie all day. And I think that's what's crazy. It's it's like, let's blow up. The Chiefs now have a defense. And let's blow it up. No, you, that, they're, they're going to build on defense. Yeah, yeah, this like, is how you win in yeah, the contract yeah. era. You finally got a defense to go along with your offense to win a Super Bowl. Why are you trying to trade pieces from that defense? Mahomes is on his deal now. And the one thing people scream about is these, co- right. these quarterbacks, you right. can't win on can't these quarterback on the contracts. Deal. Well, it kicked in, and they just won. Yeah. And he's awesome. He makes the play when he needs to, but they won it because of their defense Without this year. And all of those guys are young, including Trent McDuffie. I, I, yeah, I, I think thought it's that a mistake. Was I think it's a mistake. Thing. I don't know about massive. The New York I'm football giants are on the clock at number six. Okay. And the New York Daily News says it's now or never for Dayball and company to find their quarterback of the future. Zig or zag. The Giants have to draft a quarterback if they stay at number six. Zig. I'm in. I'm in. I think that team that team reminds me a lot of, like, the Jets. They remind me of the Chargers before Herbert. They remind me of the Jags before Lawrence. That there's some, well, maybe not the Jags. That's a bad, that's a bad. But those other two teams, their roster is great. There's a lot of really, really talented players on the Giants. And that quarterback position is what's holding him back. This is different than the New England situation. <clears throat> I think New England should get a quarterback. The Giants have to get a quarterback. I'll say it. I'll be curious to see what they do if they trade up with mm-hmm. any teams looking to trade I down. I saw Greenberg on TV said they should trade up to three and grab Well, yeah, if, it's, if New England yeah. isn't interested in giving a quarterback and just having nothing else around a quarterback in New England, which I think that's what it would be, I think it'd be smart for both teams to switch. Daniel Jones threw 11 touchdown passes, and we acted like he was going to be anything. Well, he's coming off a huge injury, too. I just, I, I agree with the New York Daily News here. I thought this was a really good point. You got to take it. You got to go get your guy now. Your team's not that bad. NFL Zigger Zag every Wednesday at 645. We have a loaded second hour of the show, a local update, a not-so-happy local update. Max Chadwick of PFF College Football at 730. Uh, but we kick off the second hour of the radio program 
with a little NFL draft talk, some observations from the NFL draft, and this quarterback doing this just the other day. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, that's next hour two, Dirt and Sprague on the fan. This is Dirt and Sprague. Holy crap. What happened? Got pink With Andy Dirt Johnson. Giving each other butterfly kisses or something? Ha ha ha, very funny. That's not how you get pink eye. You get it from poo particles making their way into your ocular cavities. And Brandon Sprague. I farted on Jason's pillow as a practical joke. He farted on Jonah's thinking it was mine, and then eventually pink eyed my pillow. Um, not proud of any of this, but I think we've all forgiven each other. Dirt and Sprague on 1080. You can get pink eye from farting in a pillow? Totally. That's awesome. The Fan. All right, welcome back in. Hour number two, Dirt and Sprague here on Portland Sports Leader 1080 The Fan, the Odyssey app, YouTube.com, where one of our commenters say, hosts are working to talk about anything but the Blazers. Uh, Guilty as charged. You got it, man. What do you want me to say? That nobody watches it and three of our players are some of the worst efficient players in basketball? There, done. Cool. Got it. I just wrote, the, the Blazers are 15 and 39 and they don't. They're not playing right now. It's, a, it's an all-star break. <laughs> yeah. All-star yeah. break. They don't play till uh, Friday. Yeah. The yeah. defending champion Nuggets are in town. I'm sure we'll fare well against that team. So, yeah. yeah. When there's something Take the relevant money with them to discuss. We're, we're, I operate in the world. I think we actually talk a lot of Blazers. I listen to you every morning, buddy. Uh, you talk plenty of Blazers. Well, okay. I, I know we do. I'm not really worried about the comment. but I, I know you need my uh, you know validation. <laughs> what, I would add, what I would add to that, though, is like... I if a team's not going to give me much to talk about, <laughs> what do you want me to do? I'm not. I'm going to do what they want. Not- How come nobody's talking about the Carolina Panthers? All right, <laughs> this is a huge season for them coming up. 
Yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see what happens in the second half. Danny did a really good interview, by the way, with Ant, Anthony Simons. Uh, I was supposed to be on that. I had basketball practice. For the first time, I had basketball practice interrupt something that I was going to do with work. I assume for one of your girls. Yeah, I'm coaching. Yeah. I'm coaching okay. sixth grade girls. That's fine. You got you got to pass that. It's nice to be a 37 year old man coaching middle school girls <laughs> and showing up with a pimple on my face. Like, hey, I'm, yeah. I'm just like you, dude. I got one growing on my forehead. I'm it's awesome. I'm 37 and I still get pimples, yeah. ingrown hairs, whatever you want to call that. Dude, I have a that's red how you connect face. to those girls, though. You're like, look, it's okay yeah. if you get a pimple. Look at me. What's funny and honestly, this happened. I had a girl show up to practice. She was not feeling it. Mm -hmm. uh, energy, you know, clearly down. Sure. So instead of being my coach growing up at eight different points of my life and being like, hey, run yeah. the entire time. All right, loser. And just being mean to me, I pulled her aside. I'm like, yo, are you okay? You seem a little, and she's, you know, I'm not feeling great. And look, look at this. I'm 37. I got a fat pimple on my face. You're doing better than me. And it actually made her laugh. And she went out there. And she had a good little okay? practice. All so, right. Uh, yeah, I missed the interview, but Danny did a good job with Anthony Simons on the Jack Ramsey's pod. Go check it out. Uh, we have a loaded second hour of the show. Max Chadwick's going to hop on. Excited to talk to him. I want to pick his brain on the 5 plus 7 model, uh, where he thinks the future of college football is mm -hmm. sitting right now today. Uh, he talked about wide receiver duos. Pretty good pair in Eugene. This coming season um, with Tez and uh, Evan uh, Williams. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we'll talk with Max Chadwick at 730. I got a local story, not so encouraging locally, but an update nonetheless. But I want to start the second hour. Uh, we are living in the world where when athletes do something on social media, <gasps> it kind of becomes the story. Justin Fields unfollowed the Bears on Instagram. Oh, dun, dun, dun. I, I look at it. Swag's upset. I can tell he's feeling he's it. Broken. A broken human being. In oh, there. no. Justin Fields and the Bears, they've broken up on Instagram. That's when you know it's not official anymore. I guess. Boy, I could care less about this. Really? Yeah. Man. How dare like, you? Well, I mean, I just, it's like. I feel like we use, like, we're trying to use social media to make big statements. We're trying to use it as reporting and reading right. situations. And I just yes. don't think it accurately reads situations. Sometimes Remember, it does. Sometimes it does, sure. And sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, there, there are pluses and minuses. Like, when Lane Kiffin unfollows everybody and only follows Arch Manning, that's a funny story. That's, that's hilarious. Cool. That's hilarious. That does not mean Arch Manning is going to Ole Miss. That does not mean wherever Arch Manning goes, Lane Kiffin's going with him. No. That's what this more is. This is more of just Justin Fields saying, hey, you're not saying anything to me, so I don't want to say anything to you anymore. Well, I think that I, I think it's reported they are shopping him, and if there's any team that's going to go get him, it's it the noise is as loud as ever that it's Atlanta. Yeah. Atlanta's like they want a, an experienced quarterback. They it's got a, a priority decent little roster there. They've got a nice roster defensively. They got a defensive coach, and Raheem Morris mm -hmm. is getting a second shot as a head coach. If their offense can have a competent quarterback, uh -huh. they're sneaky little pick. That, in that division's division. garbage too. Yeah, the Saints. You don't trust the Saints. Nope. Uh, you know the is, Bucks. Is Baker going to the Bucks? Again? Well, are they keeping Mike Evans? You yeah. know, there's a lot of questions with them. Uh, but I, I, I thought it was a funny. I think it's a funny blurb when when people are reporting so and so is unfollowed right. somebody. It's funny. Don't take it for real. This draft in reading about the mocks, this is one of the deeper best drafts we've had in a while. Yeah. It's loaded at quarterback. It's loaded at receiver. Yep. It's got plenty of offensive line prospects. Great D-line. Great D-line, linebacker, cornerback. Man, it, it really, some years you get heavy in one position, mm -hmm. maybe two. This one is stacked 
top to bottom. And I feel like usually when it's stacked top to bo- t- stacked top to bottom, it's stacked top to bottom without quarterbacks. It's like, oh man, there's three there's three Pro Bowl corners in this draft. There's two Pro Bowl wide receivers. There's an All Pro D line, but there's no quarterbacks. Yeah. This year we've got all of it and quarterbacks, like three or four. There are five quarterbacks in this draft that could, could, not will, could start week one. Uh, could. Could in the situations if sure. they're placed in it. Sure. sure. I don't know if. Where they fall, depending the on the team. majority of those are injuries, competent. Things but, like that. Well, but the other part of that, too, is when you have a deep quarterback draft, when there's like four or five guys, and you're stretching from one round to the next, the best position to be in is if your team already has that position because then you benefit. Everyone's there, fighting to the top. Well, because every there's many projections that think that you're going to get four quarterbacks in the first nine picks. Yeah. And I don't know if that's going to really happen, but what's crazy about that possibly happening is how many teams with already good quarterbacks are going to benefit from certain positional guys dropping closer and closer to them. I don't have I don't have the list in front of me of what the order is, but imagine if you're sitting at 5, mm-hmm. okay? And you like your quarterback. So, you don't need to trade up. And then somebody at 7 swaps you and you go to 7, okay? And now you're sitting there at 7 and you get Marvin Harrison Jr.? So, 5 is so 5 is the Chargers. Oh, they excellent. Herbert. So, you're telling me at 5, there is a chance if the Chargers stay at 5, they can get Marvin Harrison Jr. I would believe or that. Or the w- best corner or the best yeah. D lineman or the best O lineman because someone's going to jump them. Yep. Like if you're the Chargers, I don't think you get out of that five spot. Oh, you no. Stick Not there. unless you're going to get a haul. Right. You stick there and you get the best player in the draft that's not a quarterback. Chicago's going to go quarterback. Yep. Washington's going to go quarterback. Yep. New England might trade out. I still think that's the right move for them. And if they trade out, whoever comes in is trading going to go a to a quarterback. Arizona would probably go Harrison Jr. there just to give Kyler a weapon because they're sticking with him. They have to. Chargers, Swag, your team has the pick of the litter. You go offensive line? Do you go Brock Bowers? Do you go Roma Dunze? Like, yeah, Bowers has fallen down the charts. I'm not sure what that's about. I don't know if that's character stuff. Yeah, I don't know if it's injury stuff. stuff. Yeah. I have no idea. Um, so you could do that. Uh, they certainly need help on the offensive line. Sure. So Joe Alt is the top-rated that's offensive the lineman. Yep. Uh, but I think you can get any of those guys at seven, eight, or nine. So mm-hmm. if somebody makes them an offer, uh, I, I would be all ears. Yeah, Tennessee sitting there at seven. You've got Atlanta, who I mentioned might go after Fields at eight. I mean, it's it's now. Kinda, now who's the ninth pick? Ninth is Chicago. So now Chicago's back on the board Sh- again. Is Chicago, and Chicago get a receiver? Gets, and Chicago gets the second or third best player in the draft, not a quarterback, at number nine. And yeah, and Roma Dunze. Yes. Yeah, you're I Roma would love Dunze. Roma Dunze right there. Okay, any any receiver you want to throw out there, I think yeah. Rome's going to go before number nine. But in in the world of quarterback, you just don't know how it's going to shake out. Chicago could end up with Caleb Williams, Roma Dunze, DJ Moore, and whatever they get for trading Justin Fields, which probably won't be much. Probably a third yeah. round pick. Whatever, whatever the it third is, third round pick's a real pick. Whatever they get is whatever they get. But this is the point I'm I'm making is how many of these guys are sliding down. Just because you simply have quarterbacks yep. like Bo Nix is projected by many to be at Denver at twelve, right? Oh, well, oh, that changes well, I things. Seen that that oh. changes things for Indy, changes mm-hmm. things for Seattle, Jacksonville, Cincinnati, who are all sitting at fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, and eighteen. Yeah, you're sitting at seventeen, and you're getting the fifth best player on the board. I mean, uh, Talise Fauga. Uh, uh, no, uh, 
uh, uh, Fuaga. Fuaga, thank you. Oregon State's offensive lineman. Really gifted, highly touted, did a really good job at the Senior Bowl. Last mock I saw had him at 18. Right. Joe Burrow could get himself a stud right tackle. Think about this. The Niners and the Chiefs are going to get the 20th and 21st best player on the board. The Niners are probably going to get an offensive lineman because their depth's off. And they're going to get the third or fourth best offensive lineman on the board. And we mentioned we mentioned the Chiefs and the Trent McDuffie, Jalen Waddle. Mm-hmm. This is another reason that that was such a, in my opinion, a bad take because I like McDuffie a lot. The Chiefs had the last pick of the draft. Many have them taking Xavier Worthy out of Texas, the speedster. And I'm <laughs> like, watch, watch that guy go to Kansas City <laughs> and boom. And remember what Valdez Scantling was supposed to be? Yeah, yeah. Xavier Worthy is that yeah. now. Yeah. And that's how the rich get richer in this is when you have not just fundamentally from lineman to D lineman to cornerback to safety to backer to receiver deep, when you add having plenty of quarterback options, man, it changes everything for these good teams. This is how the good to great teams continue to say good to great, not only because they're smart when they draft and who they draft, but they benefit in these drafts where teams are so quarterback desperate Mm. that a lot of these other guys just start falling right in their lap. The second round, the first 10 picks of the second round is going to be, I think, crucial for those teams because you are looking at first-round talent. You're sure. That didn't go in the first round. Penix is probably going to go to the second round. You're looking at first-round talent that didn't go in the first round because it's such a quarterback-heavy draft. And if you're sitting there third pick on day two, you, you're going to get yourself a really, really damn good player. Like, Chicago yes. could come out of this draft. Oh, Chicago should be stacked. Gangbusters. Yes, they and should be ecstatic And you got to see how they all pan out and yep. coach them up. you got to have the right coaches in. But you could come out of this, especially if you trade fields for a third, you could come out of this real seriously well done. And and look, Eberflus could old takes exposed this. This sure. is where I think they failed. If you're going to reload like that and start over, you need to start over. You don't bring back the middle-of-the-road coach that nobody feels amazing about. And then, hey, Caleb, welcome to the NFL. (laughs) We have fired your coach six games into your career. We've given you an interim, and don't worry, after the interim, we'll give you your third coach (laughs) going into your second season. You'll love it. It's not a good recipe. This reminds me of the year when CeeDee Lamb and Justin Jefferson, remember those receivers, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they all fell like 12, 13, 14, 15. Green Bay took Jordan Love. That was controversial. And Jalen Rager was like the big loser of the receiver picks that everybody took there in what Philly did. And Minnesota was a good team. They had Justin Jefferson fall to them. Yep. And sometimes these good to great teams can get talent when you have this much depth in the NFL draft. Uh, Coming up next, not such good news for Portland. That's next on The Fan. Uh, We got Max Chadwick joining us at the bottom of the hour. PFF College Football. Talked to him about uh, the 5-plus-7 does he think Washington State and Oregon State will get a seat back at the table? What if I slip him 20 bucks? Max Chadwick? Yeah. For, like, a positive answer? Yeah, yeah. They keep take $20 and say whatever you want him to say. <laughs> I mean, what, what happens if he doesn't? You well, know? Then I walk out of here feeling great, Brandon. Yeah, sure. Um, we were talking during the break. I saw this. Uh, I follow an account. I don't follow mm. a lot of these accounts, but you got these team-based accounts. Sure. Uh, you know, like uh, 503 Blazers, Blazers fans for life, mm-hmm. the the Blazers gang. Mm-hmm. There's one I follow, the Blazers Palace, and they just, 
you know, it's kind of blazer propaganda. It's just a bunch of blazer highlights and clips. And like, I think this I is... know where they go to school or they went where they went to school. Well, maybe you do. Maybe you <laughs> do. I don't know who runs the account. It's it's one of those anonymous accounts that's just like constantly mm-hmm. tweeting out blazer stuff. And I like the content for the most part. Yesterday they tweeted out one of the more ridiculous things I've ever seen. And they tweeted out a photo of Love and Peyton Pritchard. And they said, I think we can all agree as Oregonians, these are the two best high school players to ever lace them up in the state. And I didn't respond to it because they had enough of that. But I just was like, I love when we do that. And I would guess that the person running that account is a little younger than me and I'm Swag I'm also going to guess that they went to Lake O or West Lynn. Maybe they did. I don't know. But... No, no, those are not easily the two best high no. school players to ever come from the state of Oregon. If I can think of a name in Terrence Ross or Terrence Jones, if I can think of those names, you're in trouble. Well, they did the they did the Stephen A. first take thing. They counted the chips. You know, Peyton won a chip every year of his high school career. But yeah, he also played. No offense, Peyton's awesome. Those teams were really good. Uh, Westland is stacked right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, not right now, but you they know, were. Yeah. they'll be stacked again next I was, year. I was working in Lake Oswego when Peyton was on Westland. Westland is Jesuit Laco now. Yeah, like that's and, what they've become. And yeah. he was borderline celebrity, but Look, that's because they propped that school up. I, I think Peyton is absolutely a oh, fantastic all time player. player. And the fact that he's still playing in the NBA is excellent. But there are players that I'm pretty sure the person running that account has never heard of that I think <laughs> could be better than Peyton Pritchard. And that's the funny thing about saying something like that is Swag's generation, my generation, people a little yeah. before me, like we all yeah. have players like, eh, I don't know, man. I watched this person play. I saw Salim Stoudemire at Lincoln and I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> this should not be possible. The lefty slinging it from all over the court. Right, right. I watch, you know, I've watched Brandon Brooks on the 2000 Jefferson team, and I'm like, I've never seen a human being dribble the ball that quickly through his legs. Aaron Miles was something. Yeah, Vancouver. Danny Ainge is the most underrated athlete to ever exist in the state of Oregon. Vancouver Ford text line AC Green, anyone? AC Terrell Brandon. Terrell Brandon for me. I mean, I watched him come into the Lakers. Did you play? Did you? No, you guys the he same was timeline? a couple of years ahead of me. Okay. So I was like on the JV team. Gotcha. Where he came in and just rolled. I mean, it was it was a highlight reel one every of, time he touched the ball. One him of and the, Freddie uh, Jones probably. Freddie Jones, me. that's a good one. Uh, Dennis Nathan at uh, Gresham. Mm-hmm. You talk to anybody that went to Gresham or watched him play. Probably the most talented, scary player they've ever seen in their lives. Mike and Beaverton, Damon Stoudemire, Damon, when PIL yeah. was a powerhouse. Yeah, Wilson. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. Yeah, we got mopped in the state quarterfinals with him and Pat Strickland. And you know uh, what's Charles funny, Swag? McKinney. It's it. What's funny is you saying Terrell Brandon and how you were on JV. Not often is the person on JV thinking in the stands. Kind of glad I'm on JV today. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to play that guy. <laughs> <laughs> that guy will bust my ass. <laughs> Who hasn't been there? Who hasn't been there? Well, I you had to make JV to be there, but I know what you mean. Oh, okay. Well, sorry. <laughs> it's all right. I only made it because I was tall. It's all right. Um, all right. I didn't make it because I was short and unathletic. Oh, well, that's how the- Couldn't shoot. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. Decent dribbler. A bit of a problem. Hustler, though. Big yeah. hustler. Well, Jim Rat, right? Motor, Jim Rat. High motor team, guy? Team guy. Yeah, yeah. Team guy. Smart um, player. Jeff Passan broke the news yesterday. MLB will expand- Couple yeah. bad news nuggets here. First one is not till the early 2030s, and I know it's only six years, but like if it goes to 2033, it's nine. Kind of like what we were talking about with college football. If we're gonna do it, why aren't we just doing it? That's kind of how I feel. I'm not even sure I'm gonna be here in nine years. 
Like uh, on Earth? <laughs> I don't know if we will be here. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen what's going on? I've seen what's going on. But 2030s, early 2030s, he's reporting, and the two leaders in the clubhouse. Uh, East is easy. It's Nashville. Yep, that, yep. That's bona fide. That feels like it's a done deal, and that's you know we're still nine years potentially away. The other is the West Coast, quote unquote. Salt Lake City has indeed jumped us. Multiple owners telling him with you know anon- uh, being anonymous that it is Salt Lake City. They're ahead of us. I don't think that's shocking news. I put a poll question on this last night. Do you have any hope? Do you have no hope? Or should we pivot? Do the Gridiron Project? You know, where, where's every, I, I Is it officially over for people? I mean, I think for many of our listeners, they might chime in. Bro, it's been over. Get over this. It's never going to happen. I, I already know. I'm well aware. I just, this story came out yesterday from Jeff Passan. He released kind of all the intel from all of the people that matter in baseball. Mm. And it's <clears throat> Salt Lake City and it's Nashville. Yeah, I think what's interesting, and we'll talk about this tonight on the Hot Corner from 7 to 9, me and Joe Fisher tonight. Um, <laughs> nice, throw a little nice, plug in there. Uh, nice plug there. And uh, <laughs> I have always been very optimistic about this. I think one thing that the Portland Diamond Project has ahead of a lot of these cities is they've had they've had a group together for longer with a plan and with money. And... So I've been very optimistic that Portland will get it. I read the same article as you did yesterday or the day before, something like yesterday, that. Yesterday, yeah. Yesterday. And I was blown away because the Salt Lake group has kind of come together real quickly. The Larry Miller company, yeah, yes. Come together really quickly. Mm-hmm. They don't have they aren't as far along in the process as like say the Diamond Project is. I disagree with that. So, I think they're ahead of us. Well, and that's they have the question, land. is how did they get ahead of us? And I think it's their infrastructure is better than ours. The infrastructure of Salt Lake City is better. I think it's a city thing. I think it's that. I think. Well, we don't have a we don't have a place. They don't have any stadiums. Sites. I know, I know. But I think what is all those factors together? I think we've been jumped as a city because five years ago we were the number one on the West. Coast. I don't think I know. He told yeah. me yesterday in the article. Yeah. So we're, we're we're behind. For the first time of my optimism, I don't have that optimism. You're I think, leaning into the. I, no. I think we're cooked. You don't think so? But the, my only optimism that remained, which it's it's like this mm-hmm. big, and if you're on YouTube, I'm not. That's not even an inch wide. Yeah, that's what she said. Um, Roasted. It's nine years. It's eight years. Yeah, a lot and, can it, change. A lot, maybe a lot can change. Stadium I've, takes what three years to build. Well, I've also lived here my whole life. Three or four. As three or four. Swag, you've lived here your whole life. Harris, you're familiar with the area. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, been here since '97. Yeah. Hey, how about that? Yeah. Um, I. I don't have a lot of optimism. Things will change all that much. Yeah, that's what it's sucks. actually to Portland's <clears throat> advantage that the decision is so far out. Yes, if it was coming in I the agree next with that. year yes. or two, we're cooked. We're cooked. Yeah. Um. So who knows if a different political regime gets into the city that's more welcoming of looking at it as an investment? Because I think that's that's the problem. It's it's how the city and the state at times can be run. We're getting in our own Those way. It's our public fault. schools get so desperate for cash, they're willing yeah. to sell some things that they well, weren't. You think they before? would be now, and they're not. I don't. So I don't think I don't think 
necessarily Salt Lake is getting chosen over us because Salt Lake is better. I think oh, we, I think we have screwed this up. If if we if they had their choice, they're picking literally they would choose Portland without a doubt. I think a team closer to Seattle, another West Coast, yeah, true West true Coast, West Coast. Yes, um, they would choose us. We have gotten in our way from this. The fact that we, the fact that we've got an idea of where land is, and everybody would just wants to bitch and moan about how bad two seventeen is. Shout out to anyone on two seventeen right now. It probably sucks. So it's not. Yeah, but it's see. I said that because so I, I saw some of that. Some of that blow up about We're just that. bitching to bitch now, and it's like I get that. We kind of are. We do this about everything in but life. But if you're gonna blow up about that little mini stuff, then we don't deserve it. I, I Salt Lake City's probably uh, looking yeah. at it, going, "Yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll make it work." That's well, Portland's the, problem. We blow up about the little. Yeah. Well, but hold stuff. on. Salt Lake's going to say, "We'll make it work." I don't think complaining about that area is a minor thing. I I've lived. But also, you're going to have five to six years to figure it out, build out, yeah. and and address it. That I think, if they announce, "Hey." Portland's getting an expansion. It's not like they're playing the next season. It's you, like you've it's got like, four or five years to figure some stuff out. You're saying this is a problem without giving me a solution. And ev- and if there's a problem, even if I disagree with it, if you give me a solution, I'm going to listen. But if you just tell me there's a problem and you have no solution, and your solution is, well, don't build it there, then I don't know what to tell you. That's not a good. That's not a good reason. Yeah, but but it's not the people complaining about it. It's not necessarily their responsibility to offer the solution. It's the group who's presenting the idea. And a rendering drawing looks great. It doesn't actually provide. Everybody me with, loves renderings. Everybody loves to render. I love rendering. Let's just do renders I can't all the do time. It, but I want to see renderings of baseball stadiums if, all day, every if day. If I had it's a like stadium porn. in Damascus, this is where it would be. And like what the it center, would look the like. centerfold is a ten-acre right. shopping center, and I'm just like, oh baby. <laughs> Sports renderings. Yes. How excited oh, they get. Baby. <laughs> oh baby. It's uh, midnight down here. Let me tell you. Max Chadwick, PFF College Football. He joins us next for the daily ticker. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. 
In this wide world of sports, some stories can slip through the cracks. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. This is the Daily Ticker, where Dirt and Sprague visit the insiders that are covering the stories you've heard about, and some you haven't. How'd you do that? I'm not even mad. It's amazing. The Daily Ticker with Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan. All right, Daily Ticker time. Max Chadwick of uh, PFF.com, the college football section, our good friend here covering college football on Twitter. At Max Chadwick CFB, give him a follow. We have a lot of things to run down with him on, including Evan Stewart and Tess Johnson, who he he's quite fond of on PFF on his latest wide receiver rankings in college football. Before we get to that, though, Max, I want to start with the five plus seven model. Many expected it to be voted and approved on yesterday. It was Wazoo voted for it. The five plus seven model means what to you in college football? Yeah, well, thanks again for having me on, guys. And, yeah, the 5-plus-7 model, I think, was kind of the expected uh, model of the college football playoff. Uh, it was going to go under in this new 12-team playoff era. Uh, basically, it just means, for anyone who doesn't know, being the five highest-ranked conference champions and then the seven uh, highest-ranked non-conference champions would be in there. So, uh, basically, it means all the Power Four conferences, if you want to say it now, because obviously the Pac-12 is unfortunately pretty much extinct. Uh, plus a the highest ranked group of five champions, which I like a lot, uh, and then the seven highest ranked uh, non conference champions. So uh, I, I think that'll be really cool. I, I like it a lot. I think one of the interesting uh, things about it is is that Notre Dame, if Notre Dame goes twelve and zero uh, and they're the number one team in the country, they cannot be one of the top four teams, and they cannot get a first round bye because they're not a conference champion because they're not uh, affiliated with a conference. So they actually agreed to that. And, and it's not, I don't think it's a, as big of a deal as some people are saying it out to be, because obviously uh, you still have to win four games to make it there in the first place. And the fact that they don't play in a conference title game is kind of an advantage to them, uh, but they will not, they will, the highest that they can be is the fifth seed, which I think is a really interesting wrinkle, even if they are clearly the number one team in the country. So uh, I think it's a pretty interesting wrinkle, but yeah, I, I think this is a, a good thing for college football, and I'm excited to see what it looks like next year. Yeah, I, I, I want to <laughs> – we heard this on the ESPN Morning Show as we came in today. It's like, That's hey, what I first brought up, yeah. How tough is this going to be for Notre Dame? And my kind of response to hearing that, Max, I don't know where you sit on it, is, yeah, so you're choosing not to be in a conference. Like, this is kind of your own fault to be in this position, is it not? Yeah, exactly. And I, again, one of the people that are on that committee is the Notre Dame athletic director. So it's like, it's not like this is a thing that they, they're getting screwed over. Like they very much agreed to this and I'm sure they're actually happy about it. Um, so like I said, like every other team is going to need to play in their conference title game in order to kind of, which I think is great. I think the conference title games now get uh, even more meaning to them, which I think is really, really cool. Um, but yeah, Notre Dame is, it will kind of be able to sit that one out. But so to win the national championship, you still have to win four games basically in a row. Notre Dame just has to do it in the first round of the playoff, whereas everyone else, uh, or at least the top four teams, get to do it, uh, you know, get a bye in the first round. But they have to win their conference title game, of course, though, too. So, uh, I, I don't, again, I don't think it's a huge deal. I just think it's an interesting and kind of funny wrinkle that, you know, the, the team that can be number one and that can be undefeated at number one can only be seeded as high as number five, which I think is a pretty interesting wrinkle to it. Uh, we've been talking all morning, you know, us locally, we, we are – both of us are alum of these two schools in Oregon State for Brandon and Washington State for myself. When it comes to the six and six versus the five and seven, do you think the five and seven does give Oregon State and Washington State a better chance to get into a playoff? Or do you think it doesn't matter and they will have too tough of a mountain to climb to actually get in? 
Uh, I, I think if you are again, I think it's slim for either of them. But if you are going to argue for one, it's probably the five and seven because that does give you an extra team, uh, extra non-conference champion team in there. I know Oregon State and Washington State aren't officially part of the Mountain West Conference. They're just kind of playing like a Mountain West schedule next year. Um, so I, again, I'm, I'm, so, I'm sorry for you guys. It seems like the Beavers and the and the Cougars really got screwed over there. But uh, yeah, I think. Uh, I, I don't know how realistic their playoff chances are, even if they go – I mean, if they go undefeated, they, they probably will be able to get to sneak in. But other than that, I mean, it's going to be tough because they're kind of being thought of now as kind of a group of five team with the schedule that they're playing next year. Uh, Max Chadwick, PFF.com, college football section, our good friend here on Twitter, at Max Chadwick CFB. We, we, we didn't I – I wouldn't say debate. We just kind of went back and forth on it and – there's a lot of emotions with those two schools and this story, and obviously everybody that went to the Big 12 and the Big 10 and the conference basically uh, is evaporated. Washington State was holding out on their lone vote on this 5 plus 7 model. They finally broke, and now today he is going to present you know, to everybody else they want to keep voting rights, they want the distribution, they want to be looked at as a power conference. I know it's only a two-year window before it restarts uh, from a media contract standpoint, Max, but... Your best bet, Oregon State, Washington State, they get left behind again, or do they find their way back in with the group in two years? Ooh, good question. Uh, I think, man, they're going to need to do some – I think off the field they're going to need to make some plays, and I think on the field, obviously, they're going to need to look really good in order for uh, – to maybe attract another conference to take them in, maybe like a Big 12 conference or even like an ACC uh, too. If the ACC, ACC uh, is an interesting spot because if they lose Florida State – you know, they could be maybe be looking to, you know, add reinforcements so that they don't go the way of the Pac-12, honestly, too. So maybe Oregon State and Washington State would be two schools they might actually look at. Uh, they already brought in Cal and Stanford, so it's not like they're, you know, opposed to the West. Um, but, yeah, it's, again, I think Washington and Oregon State are, are in a precarious spot right now. Um, and, and I'm very interested in seeing what they do over the next couple of years because, yeah, like I said, it, it, it's kind of sad that these two schools who, I mean, they're both ranked. Uh, Oregon State was ranked pretty much for the whole season. Washington State was ranked pretty highly for a little bit of it, too. Uh, it sucks for them that you know that, that there are two highly ranked schools that are kind of getting left behind uh, in the dust right now. Uh, more likely to win a national championship, Max Steve Sarkeesian or Dan Lanning? Oh, uh, are you talking just next year, or are we talking like all like over the course of their careers? Let's call it within the next five years. Let's give them a window here, and maybe they get close, but no cigar. Georgia's going to be pretty good next year. We know Ohio State's going to be really good next year. I'm sure there's going to be a couple other teams that pop up. Just in the next five years, if one of them is to do it, who do you think is more likely to finish it out? You know what? Give me Dan Lanning. Uh, give me Dan Lanning. I, I think Oregon, what they're doing right now is, is absolutely phenomenal. This guy is reloading a lot like how Georgia, you know, he came from Georgia, so he understands how – you know, business is done there. They kind of just reload. They don't really ever rebuild. That's what Dan Lanning is doing right now, man. I mean, he's got uh, – he lost Bo Nix, but he got the number two quarterback in the country, in my opinion, and Dylan Gabriel coming in there. Uh, they got Dante Moore coming in after Dylan Gabriel uh, is finished with his career as well. They got some big-time players on the portal like Evan Stewart uh, and Jabbar Muhammad. I mean, they're killing it right now. So I, I think Oregon going into next year, I think I have Oregon above Texas in my ranking. I think Oregon's like the number three team in my ranking, and Texas I think is number four. But even in the future, too, I think Oregon's in a, in a pretty good spot. But Texas is very close behind, too, because even after Quinn Ewers, they have a shot next year with Quinn Ewers. Even after that, you got Arch Manning leading the, uh, leading the way for them, too. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely very close between the two of them. I think those, these are two national title contenders for the next 
half decade, if not more. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to side with Oregon in a very, very close call right now. And if I hosted a show in Austin that you were on, would you have said Sarkeesian? <laughs> yeah, I might have said Steve Sarkeesian. That way you guys don't, uh, don't come at me for that, yeah. Uh, you wrote a really good ranking of the receivers in college football. You're doing great work at PFF. I'm always checking out the work. And, and the receiver list I found interesting. I'm just always curious, the big playmakers in college football. Uh, you have both Tez Johnson and Evan Stewart, who transferred in from A&M. Is that the best receiver duo in college football to you going into next season? I think it's. I think I would say so. They're obviously the only ones in my top ten. So you, you know, if you could just off that, you would say so. But I think um, another one that I would throw up there that I don't. I would probably still take the Oregon one, but I would say Missouri's duo of Luther Burden III, who I think is the number one receiver in the country, and Theo Weiss, the guy who just missed my top ten. Uh, that's another one I throw up there as well. But yeah, I mean, listen, Tez Johnson was phenomenal this past season. Bo Nix is adopted brother. Uh, he's uh, actually a terrific slot receiver, transferred in from Troy, led the Power Five this year in yards after the catch. Uh, I love Tez Johnson's game. Even at Troy, now he's a phenomenal at, uh, at Oregon. Evan Stewart showed really great promise as a true freshman, uh, then kind of battled injuries this past season. But this guy was a former top ten recruit in the country, uh, has unbelievable tools, uh, can really become a superstar, just kind of – wasn't able to do it last year because of injuries. But now that he's healthy with Tez Johnson and with Dylan Gabriel throwing the ball, uh, I think Evan Stewart could become a, a first-round caliber receiver, honestly, uh, and move up way higher than number nine on my list right now. So Evan Stewart's more of a projection for me, but uh, you can't deny his talent, man. And I think he could be a superstar if he stays healthy and if he continues progressing. Can you talk me down from betting the house on Oregon winning the Big Ten next year? Uh, yes, I can talk you down because I think Ohio State's <laughs> roster is absolutely loaded. Now, I do think Oregon is the clear number two in the Big Ten right now. I think uh, it's a pretty clear top two, in my opinion, between Ohio State and Oregon. But I would give Ohio State the slight edge right now just because what they brought back basically everyone besides like Marvin Harrison Jr., which you, you could never really expect him to come back to school for a senior year. Uh, and then also they brought in some absolute studs in the transfer portal. Quinshawn Judkins, my number two running back in the country, uh, Caleb Downs, who's going to be my number one safety in the country. Uh, they got Will Howard coming in at quarterback. Uh, I, I really love Ryan Day. And Chip Kelly, the hires offensive coordinator. They got UCLA's head coach to leave UCLA to become Ohio State's offensive coordinator. I don't remember the last time a coach left uh, their conferences as a head coach to join another team in that conference to be their offensive coordinator. Uh, so that's a huge, huge hire for, for Ryan Day. So I'm kind of all in on Ohio State right now. I, I actually might pick them to win it all next year. Uh, so I, I would say Ohio State is probably the favorite for me in the Big Ten right now. But Oregon, for me, is a close second. Uh, Ryan Day, hot seat next year, yes or no? Uh, yes. If he, doesn't, if, if he can't win with this roster, I don't think, I don't think uh, it, it's going to happen. So, uh, yeah, I would say he's a little bit on the hot seat. He's got to beat Michigan. He's got to, you know, obviously a 12-team playoff. He's got to make a college playoff. Uh, so if, if he goes 10-2 and two next year, uh, he might be on his way out. But, again, 10-2 and two is probably good enough to make the playoff next year anyways. So, We'll just kind of have to see how he does in the playoff. But, yeah, I mean, it's kind of national championship or bust for Ryan Day. So if they don't make a serious run of the national championship, he could, uh, he could find his way out of, uh, out of Columbus. There we go. Good stuff. Max Chadwick, PFF.com, college football section on Twitter, at Max Chadwick CFB. We always appreciate the time, Max. Great work at PFF. Thanks for hopping on and sharing your thoughts on college football. Of course. Thanks so much, guys. All right, there we go. Max Chadwick, ProFootballFocus.com, the college football section on Twitter at Max Chadwick CFB. Likes the receiver duo. He's taking Dan Landing over Steve Sarkeesian. 
He's liking the duckies. Anybody that's going to take anybody over Sarkeesian is a friend in my book. Okay. Wow. Okay. All Big right. anti-Sark guy. Are you? Yeah. Still Big back time. to those Washington, Washington State Big days. Uh, we have a lot more to get into. Dirt and Sprague back with more on The Fan. It's crunch time. Let's go! Where Dirt and Sprague crunch the hot topics you want to hear. What's the pressure? Don't sit here and act like there's no... We get nervous teeing off in front of a gallery on the 10th hole at East Moreland. Crunch time. Brought to you by Crunch Fitness. With memberships as low as $9.99 per month. Find your crunch time in Portland, Vancouver, and online at crunch.com. Well, um, so far I haven't done this yet. But I wanted to get to it today because both of you are in and both of you are old. Hola. We've got Steve Pfeiffer in Milwaukee coming up top of the hour. It is crunch time for who or whom in Major League Baseball. Spring training is underway. People yeah. are excited about it. Baseball season's around the corner. Baseball stuff on the show is Baseball back. Baseball stuff. Baseball stuff. Who is it crunch time? Baseball stuff. There Baseball we go. Stuff. Who is it crunch time for in Major League Baseball? Oh, just open-ended like that? But clearly the Dodgers. Yeah. Oh, you've no, put it, you've put it on you. No, you don't win a World Series. Was, you don't spend was, a billion yeah. dollars in a, the offseason and it's it's World Series. I, I say this respectfully. Dumb answer. <laughs> How? Like if they don't win a World Series, you are going to well, what toast happens? Them. What happens? Dave Roberts. Oh, they get him back next year, don't Dave they? Dave Roberts gets fired, oh, which I think he's been should have been fired. How, how years devastating! Ago. Dodger fans have hated him for five years. Oh, I'm not even it's a so Dodger fan, and I hate him. Cool. That cannot be who it's most crunch time for. It's ridiculous. They're going to be good next year. They're going to be good after. They're the freaking Dodgers. Okay. All right, all right. All They're back a billion away. dollars spender every year. All back year. away from the Dodgers, then. Okay, it's crunch time for the Orioles. Thank you. There you've you got, go. You've got a bona fide ace. You've got a new stud coming up at shortstop. Crunch time for the for the Orioles. New to, ownership too. New ownership too. Not. I don't. I don't think Baltimore's going to go out and win the World Series. But you better win a round of games. You better be How about in, winning a game. In yeah, the you better get to at least Game Six of the ALCS. Mm. That's what I want to see. Some Game from Six of the they, ALCS. Dude, they're you that better good. At least they are that good. Weren't they last year and they got swept? Yeah, but they got swept by a World Series champion. Texas got hot. Texas was in the right spot, <laughs> and they didn't have a bona fide starter. They have a bona fide number one yeah. Cy Young winning. Starter. This is partially why I can hate baseball. Why? You just highlighted it. Baltimore was a better team last year, and well, you yeah. just said it. Texas got hot. Okay. Well, UConn won a natty last year, and there was yeah. seven other teams better than them. Yeah. Not very fond of that either. That's fun about sports, dude. Uh, you want the best team to win every year? I think when you play a, that many games, the sample size is pretty great but it's enough exciting. to conclude who's good. No, no I mean there's exciting. an unpredictability to I, it. Texas Arizona was a great World Series. I enjoyed that thoroughly as a baseball fan. Okay, yeah. If my team's not in it, just give me good baseball. But when your team is one of the best teams in baseball for 162, oh, and you vote all here's that time, what it is. Now you're just mad because your Bravos didn't didn't go far enough. Yeah. Well, don't be absolutely. Mad. <laughs> well, be mad, but don't ruin the question on it. The though. season starts what in April. So from April to like November, I watched. I mean, my team I think Atlanta's great. got a lot of pressure on them, but Atlanta and I Philly, think that's a very good one for you. But, that, that's a great one. But Atlanta, Philly, I would argue the Cubs are on the up and up. The um, Cubs, the Padres, are? I think so too. Yeah, really? the Cubs are building something hot. really fun. Yeah. The, the Cubs are building something fun. Okay, the Cubs, the Phillies, the Braves, the Padres. I think the Mets are the Mets. Can, I mean, like, can I throw a team out? Neither of you said. And I'm, I don't know if I should be shocked or not. The huh. Padres. 
Uh, well, the Padres I, are. I just said the Pods. I mean, they're loaded. They're a bunch they, of they broke got boys pretending teams. to have. Well, yeah, their yeah. issue is their their visionary, their owner passed away, and so who's going to take control of that? Are they financial issues? And they are they going to be issues. able to yeah. continue to spend at the levels that he no. was spending? But in, no, I'm I'm surprised you haven't. Neither one of you have named the Mariners here. Well, the Mariners are there, but in the National League, the reason I wouldn't name anybody in the National League is because if they lose to the Dodgers, there's. Yeah, what no, are you going to say? Yeah, if the Braves lose to the Dodgers, You're I like, can't well, be that Okay, they spent a billion dollars. Sorry, you lost, guys. You know, better luck next year. The Mariners are in a big spot, but also I don't know if they are because ownership didn't do that much. Their ownership doesn't appear to care. Right. And Until so, they start putting a payroll semi-close yeah. to the Astros and Rangers, what do you expect? Yeah, and so if they flame 54% out... 54% winning percentage. If they flame out this year, or if, or if they go and they win the first round, you know, if they win the wild card, or say they somehow win the division and win their first round of the playoffs, and then they get bumped, nobody's going to bat an eye at that. Now, when if you're you go in a league out, without a salary cap, yeah. Now, if you, you go out and get spend. a Pete Alonso or you get a Cody Bellinger and you put money around that guy to bring it in, then yeah, you better you better be in Game Six of the ALCS. You keep going back to Game Six of the ALCS. Is that like some watermark for you? Is kind of. I mean, I just came up with it. It's kind of like the idea <laughs> that tell. it's the idea that you got to the championship, you got to yeah. the semifinals, you were close, and you were not like I got to the ALCS and I got swept. No, like. You can get to game six, which means you can get to game seven, which means you can win. Uh, are the Mariners still owned by the Nintendo Bros? Yes. Or is that that's still the same group? Yes. Yeah. I think so. I have a Switch. I've seen the Switch game sold out. Why are they not spending money? Because it's all about making money, dude. Yeah. Okay, uh, all right. Are they making a lot of money? Well, yeah. I mean, it's the same reason why, like, the Oakland A's don't spend oh, I guess money, last I year they probably did because they were coming off of a playoff season. Revenue, yes. revenue sharing, man. Like the And Pirates, we went to a game last year. That food did. was not cheap, man. Yeah, the Pirates no. and the A's, they can be bad and get away with it. And the Rockies, because they get revenue sharing. Other team, I know we got Steve Pfeiffer. Other team you guys failed to mention. I was a little surprised. Yankees haven't won a title since 09. Yankees aren't good. I have no pressure on them. They're not good. But they're the Yankees. So There's they, absolute pressure on them. Yeah, yeah, on themselves. Well, there's internal they pressure. Yeah, but, but we I, don't care. I don't think there's internal pressure. I feel like the pressure is more external, right? Could care less. That team's nah. not very good. It hasn't been. It's like the Red Sox. Same thing. That team's garbage. Well, that team's getting mad at themselves yeah. for being cheap. Yeah, that team sucks. So, like, <laughs> I'm not going to worry myself. Do the Yankees have a couple great players? Of course they do. Hmm. Are Do they have the history? Are they the quote-unquote team of baseball? Of course they are. If there's pressure on Aaron Boone. I yeah. think he might be I can't done. believe he's still the manager. I, I can't believe he is. Like, more surprising Aaron Boone, Dave Roberts, don't care. Fire them both. That's like, a good poll question. Who's more surprising that they're still the manager? Dave Roberts? The, At least the Roberts has a title. They're winning. The I mean, Aaron they're Boone. getting to yeah. the playoffs The answer year. is Boone. But, like, watch, like, Swag, you know. Watch Dodger games and watch when Dave Roberts oh, has I to know. make a move. I know. He gets bailed out so many times after making the wrong move. Uh, I just, I, I got to admit, I get it, I guess, from a money standpoint. A little surprised to hear you both say so quickly and easily, Dodgers. Billion dollars, just, man. Yeah, they're going to be here next year. It's not going anywhere. Pressure if to me. They, pressure to me is like we may have to alter a lot of things about this if we do not capitalize, or we may lose out on certain players to free agency if we do not capitalize. That ain't the Dodgers, man. That ain't the Dodgers in any way. Yeah, but if they lose, if they don't win, they're going to get hammered. Yeah, they'll get hammered on Twitter for twenty minutes. Hammered harder then, than anybody will. Eh, <clears throat> we'll move on. 
It's it's the Dodgers. They'll be back next year. I don't know what you want me to do with that. Otani's going to be a Dodger for 10 years. And if they don't win next year, they'll they'll have the most pressure yeah. on themselves next After year. After two years, for sure, I'll be yeah. there with you. Yeah. Uh, Crunch Time brought to you on the fan by Crunch Fitness. As low as $9.99 per month. Multiple locations. Visit them at crunch.com for more info. Steve Pfeiffer in Milwaukee, 1250 Radio. Second half of the Bucks season. How he feels about Dame, Giannis, and the Bucks' chances with Doc Rivers. Hour three, Dirt and Sprague on the fan. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Last year, I spent more money on spilt liquor and bars from one side of this world to the other than you made. It's time for Dirt and Sprague. You're talking to the Rolex-wearing, diamond ring-wearing, gift-stealing, With Andy Dirt Johnson and Brandon Sprague. Wheeling, dealing, limousine, right, jet flying, son of a gun. Dirt and Sprague on 1080. And I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down. The Fan. All right, welcome back in. Final hour, Dirt and Sprague here on Portland Sports Leader 1080. The Fan, the Odyssey app, YouTube.com, 99.5 HD2. Hi, Mom. Oh, your mom's watching? No, I just, in case she is. My uh, my mom doesn't even know what channel I'm on, and I had an aunt. I mentioned this on Friday's show. My two, I have two aunts who love NASCAR because of my stepdad. Mm, yeah. And they gave me picks for the Daytona 500. One of them, one of them nailed it. Really? They were like William Byron. I'm like, you made that name up. She goes, no, he's gonna, he's gonna win the race. He's really good in this condition. And I'm like, you're lying. This is a fake name. He won. I love it. And I texted her. I said, if you would have bet a hundred dollars, you would have won two grand because he won. And she goes, really? Maybe that's what she was trying to tell you to do, you degenerate gambler. No, she needs to be the one gambling. If you know that, uh, let's uh, kick off the final hour of the show with our good friend Steve Pfeiffer, twelve fifty a.m. radio in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Our good friend Sparky Radio. On Twitter, uh, Steve. Good morning. It has been a fascinating journey so far through the All Star break. Following your Milwaukee Bucks, we call them our Milwaukee Bucks out here because you have taken our beloved Damian Lillard via trade. Where do you sit with the Bucks right now? Doc Rivers being the coach versus Adrian Griffin at the start. Where do you sit with the Bucks right now? I'm gonna start calling you all pain and anguish because that's the only time y'all ever call me is when I'm going through pain and anguish. Whoa. Then I hear from my guys in Portland. Oh look, they ain't playing so well. Oh look, Doc Rivers is their coach. Let's call Sparky. <laughs> you two knuckleheads and your partner in crime ain't there, but that that's some stuff right there. Yeah, don't man. put that evil on. on me. I'm just filling. I'm just the the, the sit-in. I'm the backup quarterback Hold here. I, here. It's not my fault. Yeah, I, I throw don't picks. blame you. You're yeah. good, uh, Steve. Steve, I called you to do a second half kind of pre you will they get this together hey i was all in they right. they had a re- they had a good couple wins there and then they didn't in the first half on the highest of notes losing to whatever that memphis team is but i just called you for a second half preview buddy hey the packers look good they went out making you feel good come on I didn't, I didn't hear a peep out of you during the Packers season <laughs> but now we got some struggles so let's call sparky all right fine let's talk so first of all adrian griffin was the two seed uh, in the Easter Conference when they decided to fire him. Um, and to be honest, the defense was awful. 
offensively, they were scoring a heck of a lot more than they have been under Doc. I'll tell you that much. But defensively, it, it was a wreck. Uh, and he kept saying, well, you know, I, I'm seeing it. We're, we're coming around and so forth. The problem at the end of the day was he never really had that locker room bought into him. Uh, and I, I, don't, I don't know if, you know, the owners could see that or John Horst, the GM, could see that there wasn't a full buy-in or what the case was. Um, I mean, there were moments where Giannis was kind of dictating things that seemed like on the sidelines uh, of what was happening. So there was, there was a lot of that. Uh, so then they decide that, okay, we're, we're going to get Doc Rivers in here to be a consultant. But if you rewind back before they hired Adrian Griffin, they never thought Giannis was going to pick Adrian Griffin. Giannis, they went to Giannis with a final three coaching candidates, right? Kenny Atkinson. Uh, who's had a cup of coffee in the NBA as a coach uh, with the Nets or whatever. Okay, fine. I liked him. He was, he was fine. Never won a championship, but he was fine. Uh, Nick Nurse, who did win a championship, uh, who I think they thought Giannis was going to pick because he had won a ring. And then because Giannis wants to play for a former NBA player, that's always a thing he's kind of wanted to do because he did it under Jason Kidd. Uh, so they go, okay, fine. Here's your former NBA guy in Adrian Griffin, who's from Nick Nurse's staff. Go ahead, talk to him. Tell us what you think. Well, he hated Nick Nurse. Hated Nick Nurse by all reports. Like, I would talk to anybody that, that said he didn't hate Nick Nurse. So that was definitely out. So then he went to the former NBA player in Adrian Griffin. So that was clue number one that this may go wrong. Then, because he picked Adrian Griffin, they force-fed your guy, Terry Stotts, former Trailblazers head coach, on to Adrian Griffin. That wasn't Griffin tired. That was Buck's ownership and John Horst's decision and they said, you're going to have Terry Stotts on the bench because we need somebody to kind of be with you in your first year, whatever the case may be. Well, now we get to a practice, and they're practicing, and Adrian Griffin stops practice and wants the coaches to come over. According to the report, Terry Stotts is like, yeah, I'm good. I'm going to go talk to Chris Middleton and Giannis and Dave about what I want them to do instead. So he's ignoring Griffin. Griffin yells again for them to come over. He continues to talk. Then he finally calls out Stotts by name, according to the report. And Stotts goes over, and that was Stotts' last day. He then quit after that. So there goes Stotts. So now it's like, now what are we going to do? So now you get into the season, and they go, oh, Doc Rivers is available. Let's see if we can get Doc to kind of watch our game film and watch games and help Adrian Griffin out. And apparently there had been a relationship between those two previously. They knew each other so forth. So fine, Doc will help out Adrian Griffin. Now, I've said it on my Green and Growing Bucks podcast. That was the day that Adrian Griffin got fired. The day Doc agreed to do that, that was the day it was all over. Because at that point, I'm convinced that's when the ownership group and the GM said, okay, let's have Doc watch it, take Doc's recommendations, and then we're going to give this job to Doc. Uh, an established guy, former NBA player, won a championship, whatever, that's going to be our guy. So, sure enough, they end up firing Adrian Griffin and hiring Doc. And then Doc Rivers has the audacity to go on some show yesterday talking about the fact that when ownership group came to him, he, he questioned why they were getting rid of Adrian Griffin, according to Doc. Uh, and that, that wasn't a good idea. And they told him, well, it's too bad. We already fired him, so we want you to be the guy. So then, of course, Doc took the job. Uh, and now since Doc took the job, Doc then complains All-Star Weekend about, ah, I didn't really want to take the job when they gave it to me. I wanted to wait until All-Star break, but they wouldn't let me. I mean, this, this dude here, Doc Rivers, is the king of not taking accountability for much of anything. You go back to his Clippers time, his Sixers time, wherever. It's always everybody else's fault. It's not Doc's. Doc always has an excuse of why it's not working. 
when they hired Doc, I said it's Mike Budenholzer reincarnated. Budenholzer took accountability for sure. But both of those guys can't coach their way out of a wet paper bag in the playoffs. Uh, and in Doc's case, especially when he's up in a playoff series. So for me, it's did you really get better? Now, we don't know what Adrian Griffin would have done in the playoffs or how that team would have played. But I can but guarantee you this team isn't going to win a championship with Doc Rivers as their head coach unless Lillard and Giannis just absolutely show out um, and are able to win despite him. Because that's what happened with the Bucks and Boonholzer. They won despite him. And then every year after that, we've gone back to what we had before. And to a degree, you know, they've been hurt. Middleton missed the series the following year. Giannis missed multiple games last year. Boonholzer's brother dies tragically during that uh, the series that they ended up losing. Boonholzer coaches through it, doesn't take any time off, which is crazy. There's no way I could do that. Uh, and then they fire Bud after the series is over, which, again, to me looked horrible because of what happened with his brother. But I think they'd already made up their mind they were getting rid of him regardless unless he had won a championship. Steve Fiver is our guest here, 1250 Milwaukee, host of the Packers on uh, the Packer podcast, Curt and Long, and he also, as he mentions there, Bucks, uh, talks Bucks on Green and Growing podcast as well. Give him a follow on Twitter at Sparky Radio. So they go into the first half with that loss to the Grizzlies. They have Doc Rivers, who's just all over the map right now with how he got the job and why he has the job and why he kind of doesn't want the job. And I hear you. What have you made of the Dame Giannis fit? It seems like, to me... Maybe not a better uh, pairing in the NBA you could come up with in your mind, given how both players play. How has it looked to you, and do you feel optimism they can figure whatever it is that's not working out? It didn't look great with Adrian Griffin. Uh, it just didn't. The pick-and-roll game with Damon Brooke Lopez was significantly better, right? The best chemistry on that floor with Giannis is still Chris Milton because they've played together for 100 years. It's going to take time. Doc Rivers on multiple podcasts, apparently while he was consulting the Bucks and nobody knew, uh, was saying that if it was him, he would just you know run pick and roll with Damon Giannis all game long until somebody could stop it. Well, they still haven't gotten to that point. But um, they are doing more Damon Giannis stuff, and it's starting to look a little bit better. It's going to take time. It, it just is. And I, the, the issue here isn't necessarily those two working together. The issue is, Game shooting percentages are, aren't close to what they've been in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's not been that guy. So you go out and you win the three-point contest. You go out and you win the All-Star uh, game MVP. Okay, that's great. That, that's wonderful. But are you going to shoot better and be that guy that everybody thought you were going to be when you got here? He just hasn't. He hasn't been that guy. And hopefully it's just a, you know trying to get his, his wits about him, missing his family, whatever else is going on. You know, playing for a new team for the first time in his career, that's a lot to take on mentally, a lot. Yeah. Um, I can... So now it's, you know, does he come back here in the second half and be more Dane Lillard than he was in the first half? Because if he's not, they can't win a championship if he's not the Dane Lillard he was in Portland. They yeah, can't. Yeah, that's... They, they, there's no way they're going to overcome that. Yeah, that's kind of what I was going to ask. Like, the adjustment to not being the guy and now being – the two or even the three, depending on how you want to say it. I mean, the two, the four, depending if Brooke really yeah, wants that yeah. rock, man. Do you do you think do you think it's just a him getting comfortable in being a two, or do you think we're seeing that maybe he's got to be more one? Giannis has said time and time again, this is his, this is Dame's team. When it comes playoff time, we're giving him the ball at the end of games, and he's going to go do whatever he's going to do. I mean, so Giannis. Publicly. Now, I don't know privately what they're talking about. But publicly, Giannis has pretty much said, we're going through him when we get to the playoffs. This is going to be all about him in the playoffs. So we'll see how this transitions. 
Uh, you know, Dame is still getting up a fair amount of shots. Um, you know, the thing that drives me kind of crazy from time to time is I still feel like they let Giannis bring up the ball way too much um, and initiate offense. Uh, that should just be Lillard. I don't see any reason why it shouldn't be. Uh, Chris Middleton, when he's healthy, which he hasn't been yet again, and he's out still. Uh, when he's healthy, he brings up the ball and initiates, and I'm okay with him doing it um, because, like I said, he's got some good chemistry with Giannis and, and Brooke and so forth. But for me, I want the ball in Lillard's hands at all times. Uh, if the shot's not going, to let him drive and score and do that type of stuff. The other knock that I've got, and Doc Rivers is more old school, so maybe Doc will eventually do this. But a nice one, they can't hit shots, man. You've got Brooke Lopez. Mm-hmm. Put him down a low block, bounce the ball down, and let him go to work. And they don't do it. Bud never did it when he was the coach. Uh, and now Doc Rivers isn't doing it. When Brooke Lopez was with the Nets prior to coming to Milwaukee, he was one of the best big men in the league around the rim. And Bud got here and said, nope, you're going to shoot threes. We're not going to play that way. That's old school. We don't want to do that. Oh, okay. But at nights when the ball's not going in, I just don't understand it. I mean, there are not a lot of bigs around the league that are going to stop him around the rim. There's just not. Uh, are you more excited for Brewer baseball? It feels like you kind of are. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if I would call it excited. I mean, they traded their best player in Corbin Burns. Uh, off the team, but they've got a lot of young players, a lot of young players, a lot of good young outfielders. Jackson Trio, second-best prospect in baseball, behind Jackson Holiday. Uh, so what is he? He'll be 20 years old when they start the season. Uh, he'll probably be starting. They gave him a huge contract extension for like $86 million. He never even played a game in Major League Baseball. They already extended him. So, yeah, their bats are good, and those young kids work out. They're still going to have to yeah. find some starting pitching because right now, they don't have a ton outside of Freddie Peralta. Yeah, Steve, I, I just I jokingly asked you that because I didn't think in February we'd we'd be sounding or you'd be sounding as if like you're already kind of over this team. Like you just don't really seem like you have a lot of belief. You mentioned if they go nuclear, then okay, but uh, we don't have any evidence of that really yet. And it just it seems like you already kind of don't like this team just in general, the vibe of it, the way it's structured, their coaching, you know, situation with Griffin and then firing Stotts and then bringing in Doc. It just it feels like, yeah, you got Giannis and Dame, but it just doesn't feel like you're as happy as I thought you would be had we talked at this exact point. If you would have told me in September, you're going to talk to Steve Pfeiffer in February right after the All-Star break. I'm like, yeah, talked about how the Bucks are rolling. And it doesn't sound like that. You wouldn't have called me if they were rolling. That's a Pat lie. Beverly, and Pat Beverly is another guy that they added, yep. right? I'm not a Pat Beverly guy. I think he's a punk. But they added him. Okay, so he's wearing a Bucks uniform, so we'll deal with it. And we'll see how that works out because you gave up some offense to bring him in as a back point guard, backup point guard, but he's played for Doc. He knows what Doc wants to run. He's an extension of the coaching staff on the floor. So for that reason, I like it. I'm okay with it going forward. And then you pick up Gallinari, who is not put on a Bucks uniform. We'll see here after the All-Star break off the buyout market what that looks like. But that dude never stays healthy. He can shoot it a little bit. But where does he fit in? And how does he fit into this rotation? Because according to reports, he was promised heavy minutes, it sounds like. So that means Bobby Portis is going to the bench maybe, or somebody's about to lose minutes um, that maybe we didn't see coming into this thing. And then, again, can he stay healthy in the second half? So there's a lot more of this story to be told as far as what this team looks like going into the playoffs, and they do not have a lot of time to do it, and they have one of the toughest schedules in the NBA uh, the rest of the way out. So it's not going to be easy. I will make you a promise, Sparky. Next time there's some happy news in Milwaukee, whether that's Packers draft or the Bucks are flourishing or the baseball team's hot, whatever the story is, I will reach out to you and we'll bring you on for the good news, okay? I, I'll I hold promise, him to it. I will promise you that, all right? 
I, I will say this. The thing that makes me the happiest right now are the Green Bay Packers. Yes. So that 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 I can't wait for next season to get going again with this young offense because they're going to be pretty good. All right, there we go. Steve Pfeiffer, twelve fifty in Milwaukee. Curtin Long and Green and Growing. The podcast on the Packers and the Bucks on Twitter at Sparky Radio. Thanks for the time, Steve. We always appreciate it. Always fun, guys. See you guys later. All right, there we go. <laughs> wow, who would have thought you get Damon Giannis in your city on the same team and you sound that miserable about it? I can't blame him in some ways because it's been a disaster in, you know, the coaching stuff and the execution of stuff. They're still in the running for the East. That's what's crazy about it. They're not even having a good year, and yet they are. Uh, but I didn't expect him to sound quite as down on that as he did. Uh, good stuff from him. Statter Story, next on The Fan. All right, we got Statter Story. We'll move that to 830. I want to get to the audio. We just talked with a Steve Pfeiffer and Doc Rivers. He's not being talked about in uh, a lot of complimentary ways. J.J. Reddick was on first take and had this to say about him. Side note real quick. No one's going to react to Doc's audio there. We've been yeah, seven minutes heard, oh. since we showed that audio. Nobody's going to react to Doc's audio. Do you want me to get it oh, repeated for you? He's doing he he it. repeat it. I can, I can, I repeat it. I can repeat I, I've it. I've seen the trend now. I've seen the trend for years. What's the trend? The trend is always making excuses. Get Doc, we get it. Taking over a team in the middle of the season is hard. It's hard. We get it. Just like getting traded in the middle of the season is hard for a player. We get it. Mm-hmm. But it's always an excuse. It's always throwing your team under the bus. They lose to Memphis. Oh, it's his players. Memphis was playing G League guys and two-way guys. And then you look at his quotes over the weekend. Now he wants to take credit for the James Harden trade to the Clippers working out. He wants credit for that. There's just no. <laughs> there's never accountability with that guy. Well, there's never say. accountability. He also, by the way, Doc was also Jeez, on the amigo. Yeah, JJ got fired You're up there. Real mad about. Real mad at Doc Rivers. JJ got ejected from a nine-year-old basketball game <laughs> as a coach. Oh, wow. I didn't realize he was that hot. I just figured there was some deep personal beef. The story he tells is that the ref was a little quick to the whistle to (laughs) tee him up twice. (laughs) And a nine-year-old's bad. Yeah, it should have swallowed that whistle, ref. Well, here's the thing. Doc is really good at that. He loves to take credit for a lot of things. He went And the media loves him for the most part. Uh, Yeah, because he knows how to do the media stuff. He also, on a podcast, basically took credit for SGA. Yeah. uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, he's like, And I I took one. Kawhi, SGA's going to be amazing. He's going to be amazing. It's not Blake's fault. And they traded SGA to Oklahoma City. Now he's first team All-NBA, like probably going to win the he MVP. He awesome. He's awesome. So he's not wrong there. Doc does like to take a lot of credit mm. for a lot of things that aren't really his dealing. Uh, Austin Rivers is the son of Doc and also a fellow Dookie. So he's kind of stuck in this love triangle. And he spent, like, to, to Austin's defense, he has spent a majority of his career when talking to the media saying, like, hey, that's my dad. You go talk to yeah, him. I, I, I'm just, I'm Austin. I'm a basketball yep. player. Go talk to my dad. There, yes. And he was on ESPN yesterday reacting to J.J. Redick, who was reacting to Doc Rivers. And so Austin Rivers says this. Um, for someone who's not accountable. He seems to always be held responsible, considering he's the guy that's always fired when things don't go right. <laughs> he got fired in the bubble uh, for a 3-1 lead versus the Denver Nuggets, which in half his team didn't want to be there. They had players saying that their mind wasn't there. He had guys leave. That happened. Then he gets fired for losing to a team that was favored over him, which was the Celtics last year. Um, it seems like he's always responsible. It's just a strange coming from J.J. And I have some love for J.J. You're my dookie. You know that. You're my bro. I love you. Um... <laughs> It's just your best years were with the Clippers. I don't think he saved your career. I appreciate you, Pat. But I don't think 
it, I mean, I, this just seems a little bit weird. They're, they're three and seven. Dame's missed most of those games. Middleton's missed a lot of those games. They haven't even had their full team yet. We'll see what happens. The pressure is there. They do have to perform. But in terms of accountability, like, what, what are we doing here? Your best years in the NBA were when you played for him in the Clippers. Let's not forget that. I don't know if there's, like, frustration there or there's tension there between you. I know a lot of times we had to sit you towards the end of the game due to defensive reasons. Shots but fired. you had your best years as he a starter there, there, especially our whole system was drafted around you because you're a shooter. You're not a guy who could put the ball on the floor. <laughs> you were a strictly shoot guy. You're not like Clay Thompson or Steph who could put the ball on the floor. You were a guy who could catch and shoot. And you did it at a high level. Hell of a career, by the way. Big fan. But your best years were under him. It's just very ironic and kind of weird that you have this energy towards him in terms of him never, ever being accountable, considering he's always been responsible. So Austin comes to the defense of his dad while also acknowledging him and JJ have a great relationship because I love, of the Duke stuff. I love, you're a loser. I love you. I think you were a trash <laughs> basketball player. Dukies well, for life. No, he didn't say trash. He just said <laughs> he, he kind of did. He though. said you, you were limited. And, that, that's and then true. he compared him to a guy who, to a current player well, who's kind of washed. Well, I mean, you know, there's some, <laughs> said that the washed guy is better than you. No truth to some of that stuff. Look, I, he's going to defend his dad. I, of whatever. Course. I was surprised he defended him as much. What I find funny is we go to Milwaukee. We actually have somebody covering watching the Bucks, and they're like basically saying without saying it, I hate this team. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you have Giannis and Dame. Right. How did you get to a point of you hating Giannis, this? Giannis, Dame, Chris Middleton, and Brooke well, Lopez? Everybody likes to complain. And, and look, rightfully so to this point, okay? But what we hear a lot here is don't care, sell the team. Doesn't matter, sell the team. Yeah. Until, this does, until she sells the team. Like we hear a lot of the ownership stuff. I think everybody and their mom would trade places to be the Bucks, to have Giannis and to go get a player of Dame's caliber. Sure, sure. But I think it also highlights how fragile and easy it is to screw things up that seem like easy layups. The coaching situation. Giannis doesn't like Nick Nurse for whatever reason. That's weird. Why are you hiring a coach on what Giannis wants? I think you should operate an organization with and around the player I don't think the players should be making the shots on every big decision. Yeah, look what it's doing for LeBron. Well, know? yeah, people like to bag LeBron. LeBron has more titles as a, quote, player GM than Daryl Morey. So I don't point the LeBron thing out. LeBron at least puts himself in the position. It's just funny how easy and delicate that ecosystem can be where you get Dame with Giannis and you go, well, that's the best team. We're going to win it. No, you made a wrong coaching hire. That digs you into a hole immediately. And then your coaching replacement isn't necessarily one that all the teams would line up to have. It's the retread of the retreads of the retreads that probably doesn't deserve the job. And, oh, look, it's still sloppy. It's still ugly. And the guy that is the coach is openly talking about how he didn't really want the job. And yet he fired the other guy. But he took the job. Yeah. I I always say nobody hates baseball more than baseball. Like, baseball hates baseball. And they actively do stuff that make it seem like they're not even a fan of it. And what I'll say about the NBA is nobody is more fragile than the NBA. Especially when it comes to their mistakes. Yes. And their mistakes, I would argue, are most of the time caused by their fragility. Like, just stand up. Just back it up. If you made a mistake, just say it. Like, I'm seeing Kevin Durant. I'm not getting credit for being a leader. Then be a leader, bro. Well, Barkley said that the All-Star game. He said Kevin Durant's never really been a leader. And I kind of found myself nodding my head in agreement with Charles on that. 
We'll see what happens here. I don't think a team's ever fired two coaches in a season and won a title. Stotts, bring in Stotts. Uh, I think, actually, they would have been better off with Stotts (laughs) to replace Griffin instead of Doc Rivers, but Griffin fired Stotts. Chaos for Damon Milwaukee. We'll see if the All-Star break and the MVP in the three-point contest help him get it going. Status story, next on The Fan. Crunch the numbers. There's 6,127 students at Adams, 58% of which are girls. So, so that's 7,107.32 boobs. <laughs> Break the news. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. Is it a stat or a story? Evidence based on olfactory prowess is inadmissible, in case you didn't know. This is Stat or Story, a monumental judgment call with dirt. Spray on 1080. Come on, do math. The fan. So, uh, funny story. We go to break saying, you know, they probably better off with Terry Stotts than even <laughs> Doc Rivers. Steve Pfeiffer, not listening to the radio show all the way in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, goes, I forgot to add. They're probably better off if they still have Stotts <laughs> versus Doc Rivers. Yeah, it's the truth. It's the truth. I would love to see it. And if they fire Rivers, they won't do it. But go hire Stotts. I want to see that. 10-second Rick back in the news. We'll play that in 12 minutes. Swag, let's get to Stab Story. Uh, your first number, 1683. Ah, year you were born. <laughs> Ding. <laughs> Is it the number of points Damian Lillard has scored in the NBA playoffs during his career? Born at Plymouth Rock. (laughs) Or is it the year the first iteration of the sticky bun is documented called Schnecken in Germany? Today is National Sticky Bun Day. You know, I'm going to go with a stat here, Bob. I'm going to go stat bomb. Um, since I don't have faith in myself and I don't really like sticky buns, I'll go with story what? to give a little uh, credit to 1,600 points in the playoffs for Dame. Like, quickly do some math. How many playoff games has he played in? See, this is, you got to stop doing it. You I can't know. come up with it. I know. You just got to guess. It's a guess. I'm, I'm going to go with story. All right. It's a story. Wow. Damian Lillard, 1,569. More confirmed. points than I thought. Hey, confirmed. That chair, not cursed. It's a dirt problem. <laughs> <laughs> thought it was a chair problem. Shout out, yep. Andy. What up, Uh How many seasons? Eight different seasons in the playoffs. Uh, the best run, obviously, the year they got to the uh, conference finals, 430 uh, points that season okay. in the playoffs for Damian Lillard. That's no. more points than I would have thought. Today is National Sticky Bun Day. Oh, I can't wait. Uh, the for origins, some buns. 1683. Schnecken started its germ, uh, journey in Germany, a popular part of traditional breakfasts. Then the immigrants coming over uh, started to uh, make it here in the United States. So, sticky buns, usually caramel, cinnamon, nuts. Do you prefer walnuts or pecans? Uh, I'll take walnuts over pecans. I'm a big sticky bun guy. I don't eat them very frequently, but anytime I get my hands on some sticky buns, I'm diving in. I think I'm pecans over walnuts. Yes, pecans over walnuts yeah. every day of the week. Especially candied? Not not even close. Yeah. According to you. Well, it, it's close. According to you. I like yes. both of them a lot, but I think I would take pecans. Uh, I'll, I'll Google to see if I can find which one is more popular from a sales standpoint. All right. Your next number is four. Is it the number of different drivers that have won the Daytona 500 in the 40-year history of Hendrick Motorsports? <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Wow. <laughs> it's a team. Yeah, I know what it means. I'm just... 
Okay. Or is it the number of years it has been since Coca-Cola last introduced a new permanent flavor before this week's Coca-Cola Spiced hit oh. the market? Oh, that oh. sounds terrible. So it's like spiced rum without the alcohol part of it. Um, So I have to drink a bad drink, but don't get drunk? So it's more than four different drivers that have won the 500 under Hendrix? Yeah, different drivers. And obviously, William Byron yeah. works uh, mm, employed by Hendrick mm, Motorsports winning uh, on Monday. Um, or years since Coke's last flavor? Correct. The last permanent flavor. They've done some limited edition things, but the last... What was the last permanent flavor? Do we know? Was it a... Did they bring vanilla back? Oh, it was cherry vanilla. Cherry vanilla. I'm going to go... I'm going to go story. I think I'm with you on this, Hendrick Motorsports, very successful in the NASCAR world. Yeah, but I feel like I know more about soda than I do about Hendrick Motorsports. Okay. I'm going to go... I'm with you. I'll go story. Yeah, that is correct. The six, chair rules. Six different drivers. Can you list them real quick? Uh, yes, let me find the panel Let's here. Count. Oh, where did you go? Jeff Gordon, a Hendrick Motorsports guy? Yes. Yeah, Jeff oh, Gordon. Nice, nice pull, dude. Hey, come on. <laughs> Him and Dale Earnhardt? I would have said, said Tony Stewart, but I read that he is real mad that his team don't win squad uh, Is it Jimmy Johnson? Mm, I don't think so. Is he not a Hendrix guy? Where's the list? A lot of those big, I'm pretty sure, and text police, please get me if, if I'm wrong. A lot of those big name drivers don't necessarily win Daytona 500. Uh, it's a tough race. Yeah, it's a tough race, but it doesn't mean like if you win that, you're going to win the circuit. No, it's actually one of the first races of the yeah, season. Yeah, it's like the, the Masters Super Bowl kind is, of. Yeah, it's yeah, reversed. Yeah. It's a, it's kind of a weird Although golf field. is weird that you can win the Masters and still be yeah, 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 the yeah. number one at the yes. end. Yes, yeah. Sorry, I thought it was the That's list. okay. Was Just get to the story. The That's okay. But, uh, yes, so Coca-Cola Spiced hitting the markets uh, this week. Uh, however, the reports are it's not all that spicy. It has more of a raspberry flavor to it oh. than actual spiced it seems like it's the the same spices that are in regular Coke and just amplified a little bit. I uh, I do so not spicy, spicy. Well, why not just call it raspberry? That's raspberry. I, more. I don't know. You know, I I'm not a notes of raspberry, mostly mom. The other specific yeah. flavors, they're very uh, they hold their uh, recipes very close to the best. There, I think there's only four people that know the recipe. Probably. I'm on a Francesa kick right now. <laughs> Why would you do that to yourself? I'm, uh, I'm, I'm. Do in, you hate yourself? I'm into the hot takes and diet. Is everything coke. fine at home? Yeah, everything's okay. <laughs> I, I'm into diet coke right now. Oh, I'm not drinking it like that's multiple fine. times a day. Be, or... be in a diet coke world, but don't be in a Francesca. Well, that's what world. I meant. Francesca's a diet coke guy. Famously has be diet in a coke. Chip Kelly world as a diet. Isn't he? Wasn't he a diet? Coke I don't guy? know. Uh, Who was the diet coke guy? That's Francesca. I mean, there was an Oregon, Oregon State coach, one of those that had like 15 Diet no, Cokes. No, you're a thinking day. of Jim Levitt, and he drank oh. Pepsis. Oh. He drank 15 Pepsis a day. Leaded? Yes. Fully loaded? Fully leaded. <laughs> Fully leaded, unvetted. 15 a day. Dude, bro. Jim Levitt could not. Is, that's his name, right? Jim yes. Levitt? I thought it was Diet Pepsis. Was it Diet Pepsi? That's better. I think I mean, so. There's, there's so, that's no it. way he has teeth anymore. <laughs> right? There's no yeah. chance. I found the winners. Uh, Jeff Gordon won three. Jimmy Johnson, two. I, Dale Earnhardt Jr., yes. Daryl Waltrip, Jeff Bodine. I'm trying to tell yeah. you about Jimmy Johnson. And, you and now William me. Byron added to the list. Jimmy Johnson was bad for NASCAR. He was winning too much there too for much, a while. Yeah. Yeah. It was annoying. All right, your final number. 
41. Mm. Is it the number of three-point shots made by Le- LeBron James in his 20 NBA All-Star games? <laughs> Ooh, wow. Or is it the number of different types of flour being sold by Bob's Red Mill yeah. as Bob. their founder uh, passed away recently. He did. At 94. R.I.P. Bob. I spent a lot of time working in Milwaukee next to Bob's Red Mill. Two I still haven't visited for breakfast yet. It's great. I mean, you got to like, get there er- uh, later because the early crowd uh, is, is really draw. A lot, yeah. of, a lot of blue hairs. R.I.P. to a local legend there. We didn't bring it up on the show. Yeah, so he's. they're going to have a public celebration at the Red Mill this Saturday. I think from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. We just like throw flour in the air as a celebration. <laughs> Is this why LeBron's connected? We're gonna are we gonna the LeBron power toss? Maybe that'd be cool. Just take his ashes and just LeBron him all over the flour and the. You know nobody wants to touch human ashes, but if you did, and I'm like 90 and I'm dead, and you're gonna throw me over the ocean, that'd be kind of a cool way to do I it. Mean, I think you can LeBron James me however you want. Um. Okay. I call the you know you know he does uh, the, the 41 stupid. career threes and 20 NBA yeah. All-Star I'm going to say that's a stat. I'm going to go with story. I think that number is too low. Uh that is a stat. 41. You did 41. The, you made the mistake dirt makes. Yeah, yeah. he says about it. why it's that yeah, yeah. way and well, it's wrong. Just, yeah, 41 and 20. I mean, dude, that's averaging two. Yeah, but for a lot of years he wasn't shooting threes. He wasn't yeah. shooting threes. He's 20 years in the league. A lot of times in the All-Star game he's more of a facilitator yep. or a dunker. Dunker. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, it's actually 51 different types of flowers. Wow. Currently available for purchase on the, uh, Bob's Red Mill website. But yes, uh, he started the company in 1978, uh, served only the Portland, uh, area locals, but, uh, quickly grew more than 700 employees. Wow. Over 200 different products. Sheesh. Uh, right there. And obviously the signature right off the Milwaukee expressway. Yep. Um, how do you like that? He he. His facilities are right down the street yeah. from the restaurant. Born yeah. in 1929. Wow. Yeah, I've had two jobs. Think in about Mi- some stuff he's lived through. I've, I've had two jobs in Milwaukee, and that the iconic like barn that yep. you drive by is wild. And you're right. You go past the barn and. Maybe half a mile, three quarters of a mile down the road. Right there's there. the distribution yeah. center, and it's cool. I mean, that's a Milwaukee staple. Swag, I, I, I forgot to bring that story up because he was a local legend. Did it make you sad because you guys grew up together? <clears throat> so, uh, big gulps, huh? Well, see you later. Wait, 1933, right? 1929. Thought it was 1608. Well. <laughs> 1693. <laughs> Plymouth Rock landed on my mom's womb. That's when Jose Cuervo was born. Wasn't Jose go. Cuervo born? Oh, that's 1800. I think Swag's going to kill me now. Standard story. We do it every Wednesday. Normally at 815, moved to uh, 830. Uh, this guy's back in the news and an important update and a giveaway. Next on The Fan. All right, text GOLF, G-O-L-F, to 503-864-6326 now. To enter for your chance to win a pair of tickets to the Portland Golf Show March 1st through the 3rd uh, at the Portland Expo Center, head to 1080thefan.com for complete details. Again, text the word GOLF, Jared Golf, according to <laughs> one Jason Sukanik. No, but GOLF, G-O-L-F, to 503-864-6326. And to give you guys a quick heads up, don't forget, coming up in less than a week, 
the Winter Fan Golf Classic. Our first time doing it. I will be at one of these. Are I you? have not decided. I've been floating with uh, with Mr. Sacramento, our boss, about which one to go to. When you but, go to uh, Vancouver? Well, yeah, but I don't know. I mean, I'm Why don't just, you go to Vancouver? I'm floating it around. We need you in Vancouver. Okay, all right. I'll we go hang with Danny and Dusty. We need you on I'll that wall. I'll go hang wall. with Danny and we Dusty. We want you on that wall. Uh, I'll hang with Danny and Dusty. But yeah, I think I'm going to be I'm gonna be at one of them. I wanted to try to... Uh, I was thinking about going to Tualatin to be unified with, with Sukanik because I... Uh, Why? Because he has to go from... Vancouver to Tualatin. Uh, I would be more unified with Danny, who has to go from Newburgh Ooh, to Vancouver. Savage. That's savage. harder than going from Vancouver to Tualatin. Savage. All right, well, I should rep my Vancouver. So I'll be at I'll be at the Fan Winter Golf Classic. But uh, <clears throat> Danny Dusty will be out in Vancouver. Isaac and Souk are going to be out at Tualatin. You want to come? You can nap on my house. I can't that day. <laughs> I didn't know this was happening the day that we announced we were doing it. And so like I'm not here. Uh, February 27th again. Uh, 4 p.m. round at Tualatin, noon round filling up, and uh, you could choose from either noon or four in Va- X-Golf Vancouver. Winning threesome will win a, four, a free foursome at the Fan Golf Classic of the summer, and the last place threesome will receive lessons at X-Golf. Go to 1080thefan.com, food available from Victor Rico's, Pro Catering, and Urban Restaurant Group. I'm just there for Victor Rico's. Um, we didn't get to 10 second, Rick. We can get to that tomorrow. Coaches bashing players publicly. Great resume, great career for Rick Pitino. Used to absolutely love him. As a coach of a sixth-grade girls team, I found the method very interesting, but he's a national champion, not I. (laughs) So we'll talk about that a little bit. we got more to get to. Are you going to be in tomorrow? If you want me. Okay. Uh, We'll roll over tomorrow. Loaded Thursday show. And uh, thanks for hanging with us on the YouTubes. The Vancouver Ford text line, 503-799. And there's the other plug for your show tonight. As uh, Patrick will be on the air. That's going to do it for us. we got more to dive into tomorrow. Thanks for hanging out, making us a part of your day. Enjoy your Wednesday. We'll talk to you tomorrow on Thursday on Portland Sports Leader 1080 The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com.